It's the Tiltcast, episode 476, Playing Human. And this week, guys, we talk about Orcs Must Die, Chernobylite, The Descent, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Grim Dawn, and Last Epoch. Stay tuned. How do you interact with people? Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, do you need to even with just one channel? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's the Tillcast. And we're back. <laughs> it's tradition. <laughs> and getting back, um, it is July 30th, 2021, at about some, what, 8.59 p.m. with a heat advisory. It uh, feels like 99 degrees. Um, we're getting ready to show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. A special guest. Hey, I'm John. And hey John, what's up? Yes, we're starting before nine forty. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> with all four of us, you'll get some kind of time of bullshit, bullshit, some games and some news. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'm just gonna start it off. John, you've been on the show a few times. Um, been a long time. Yeah, but <laughs> um, you used to do Carousel. Now you do picking up the pixels fairly regularly, right? Yeah, and also a TVGP Game Club. Correct. See? So, we just keep getting people from TVGP on this show. <laughs> That's right. It's just John's the only one that lives here and honestly the one that started podcasting with. I mean, yeah. none of TGP, TVGP lives in the same city anymore, you know? Like, yeah. I think Moon's around, I always keep meaning to ask him, I think he's around New York, isn't he? Yeah, he's in New York. He yeah. went from, from London to New York. Yeah. Well. And, well, but the story behind this is me and you... I was what on episode one one of Carousel with you a million oh, years ago. That wonderful idea we had of like, let's start a podcast, and the only way you guys would do it is if we <laughs> pick the subject beforehand. Yeah. So we made the whole damn cast about um, was it Halo Reach that had just come out that and we the, got the and, beta on or something? And Witcher. Did we even talk about Witcher the first episode? That was the first. Well, I know I talked about it on Carousel. I don't know if it was on episode one. Like, I'm pretty sure episode one was all Halo. Episode two, we talked Iron Man, if that fucking dates it. Like, that movie coming out. And then episode three, I think you guys finally were down to just shifting subjects. It was weird. Was it, um, because I I, I never actually listened to a podcast before I was on a podcast. (laughs) Neither have I. Neither did I. I was like, what's this thing with the microphone? And then you, uh, so kind of getting it out of the way, then we... You and me did that, and then for some dumb reason, I decided I wanted to do games only, and then me and you got in a really dumb fight about Portal. Was it Portal? So what I remember, (laughs) the breaking point for you was StarCraft II. Oh, boy. It had released, and we weren't going to wind up having another games podcast until like three weeks after it had released, and you were pissed, and I was pissed that you were pissed or something. It was a real dumb argument. No, didn't. So Trent ruined, quote unquote, ruined the ending of Portal. Was it Portal 1 or 2? The cake is a lie. I, I can't remember. It was something really dumb. This is how much we've grown in over 10 years. Well, no, Trent's ruined. <laughs> I think the only game that Trent actually ruined for me was Red Dead Redemption. Okay. And he spoiled that ending to me twice. And the second time he had forgotten that he spoiled it to me the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the history is, is that me... Trent and John have been pissing each other off now for about 20 years. And Trent has been pissing John off even longer than that. Yeah, like since I was 14. (laughs) And then we're all at a point now where that doesn't happen 
even close to as much. It's like we're adults and we've learned that certain things don't actually have any value. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, we've been um, shitty to each other, brothers, for a long time. Um, sort of. Not really. Not in anything that actually matters. I've never done anything to John that actually ever mattered that, and vice versa. It is, yeah. It's you know, We've always had really games. petty nerd fights. <laughs> fight over video games. Um, but, I mean, that did spawn Carousel to become more of a variety show. It did spawn Tiltcast to be a very game-centric show. Um, and it birthed two very cool Oklahoma shows. Yes. Um, that I don't know that there's a lot of other podcasts in this area at all that do the things that we've been doing for a long time. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'll look at Carousel is long gone. That is deleted from the internet at this point. But I, mean, I realized you're... at some point someone was going to listen to that and I would have done something stupid like total racist Jew joke or something like that. Something that I am, <laughs> I was just being a shitty edgelord over, you know, and you get fucking canceled. And I don't need that in my life. But um, long story short, like we've been doing podcasting for a long time as a semi-pro hobby. What John really does, aside from his regular adult job, is he does a lot of music. So I kind of wanted to pimp what you've been doing lately. I know Museum released an album. What about it? Has it been two years now? So uh, it was last fall I did a remaster of my first album, Stories, um, which Stories is kind of like a noise soundtrack thing. And everyone always wants to start out when they listen to me for my first album, but I feel like it's the, uh, I don't know the phrase I want to use, the... It would it would fall into something, so if you're familiar with the label Ant Zen, that would be something that John was very much into and I was very much into at that oh, time yeah. in his life, which is Noise Industrial, and it is a very Noise Industrial album, and it's not industrial like, for the masses would say industrial would be like a Marilyn Manson or Nine Inch Nails, this is not anything like that, this is sampled stuff turned into music essentially yeah it's a lot of let's take this drum beat and slow it down and add five layers of distortion on it and it's crunchy then put a synth pad over it or something like it's very like silent hill one-esque you know i would honestly okay. that's when i'm listening to that kind of stuff it's a for somebody who likes noise um i would pimp stories out not just because you're a friend of a friend of mine it's a genuinely good album well thank you yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a very specific niche genre that not everybody is able to get into because it's just not your thing, but think soundscapes yeah. like yes. crunchy, noisy, nightmarish soundscapes would be what it is. Not in like a horror sense, but like it would go along really good to certain parts of maybe even like cyberpunk or something like that. Yeah. I guess, um, I guess but this know. is prior to like a lot of the, um, glitch stuff and a lot of the other stuff that's kind of happened since then. Man, are you going to? Are you going to compliment me like this every time I come on? I need to come back more. I'm just being uh, nice, Keith, because you're on the show. No, yeah. Like, I'm going to have to, you just pop the cool down. As soon as, as, soon the, as the recording's is, over. The trinket is spent, no, yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, got a 10-year cool down. Like, all my shit's on all the streaming services, except for Pandora, because they're a bitch to get on. But if you go to jbaudio.net, there's links to everything up there, too. So. And it's uh, M-U-S-I-M, and then I yeah. think that's your Twitter handle as well, right? Uh, John Musum is my Twitter handle. But So, so you, you went back to a project, though, from before. Oh, yeah. Um, so when I first met John and Trent, they were thinking about an industrial band, and they started this band called Axis back in, like, what, 2001, maybe? Uh, well, technically, 
Steve and Jason Doherty started Axis, and then Trent eventually joined, and then I eventually joined. But yeah, I think... 2002, 2003... I think Jason and Steve started it back then, and I think Trent joined in like 2002 or 2003, and I joined, I think, in 2004, I want to say. I was just... That was back in my photography phase, and I was doing photos, and then crashing at their place when I was living in Stillwater, so that's... I just remember it being oh, that yeah. period. Man, that was a freaking party. Party time, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But so you went, so Axis released like one official album. And then it's been 15 years since that band did anything, right? So Steve kept releasing stuff, but he did not, he only released it on like SoundCloud and like hard copy. Gotcha. So we've now released, like, I think he did three or four albums uh, with just him. And those are all now on the streaming services, too. So, like, if you want to find... Like, I have links to the Axis stuff on my website, but if you want to just search the streaming sites, the key to finding any of these things is searching for the band name plus the album name. So if you search Axis Death and Rebirth on Spotify or Amazon or Apple Music, you will find it. Awesome. And that's the newest release, right? That is... No, that's the oldest... <laughs> I can't we, remember. We don't have our new music out yet. Like the new Axis music is gonna be fucking great. It'll uh, it'll rip your face off. It'll make you cry. You'll want to murder your dad. It'll be would, wonderful. So <laughs> Axis was always kind of an industrial rock band before, right? Yeah, yeah. So like not like the noisy stuff. More, I don't want to say mainstream, but just more into like a. I'd say Ministry was a pretty heavy influence on, and KMFDM yeah. was a big influence on Steven. Yeah, definitely. Well, we definitely had a few. I mean. KMFDM has always been a big influence on Trent, too, I yeah. think. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't know what Juke Joint Jezebel was if it wasn't for Trent. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't, you know, we'll probably have a little bit of that flavor still, but we're still going to be hitting kind of the industrial metal rock thing. You know, it'll, it'll be it'll be like a dance beat with fucking metal or rock guitar. What's, yeah. I haven't listened to industrial as much in a long time now. I listened to a couple of new KMFDM tracks the other day just seeing... It's like, yep, still KMFDM. Um, In my opinion, KMFDM's gotten more metal. Like, they've dropped yeah. even more of their electronics, and they're just concentrating on making their guitar sound as loud as possible, which is fine. Yeah, but I would feel like they'd be better served to go back to something like MDMFK or MDMFMK yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's... I, the remix stuff. The earlier you get with them, like, I think the more freaking crazy they get. Like, they started out, they're like, let's make an industrial reggae song, like the fuck is that <laughs> they but, were trying stuff no but they're if you listen to any of that stuff it comes from so like a big label back in the 80s 90s early 2000s wax tracks right yeah and so wax There's an excellent documentary out for that now too well they're at kind of the center of i think making a lot of that stuff quote-unquote popular in the underground or being popular among the cult scene well especially in the u.s because you know back then without the internet, you know, you were just subject to what your local stores were carrying and what your radio was willing to play. And then what your friends were showing you or all the underground yeah. shows you're going to. And where we're at, we're lucky enough. The reason this was big here is Ministry and KMFDM literally played here every year um, for a very long time <laughs> yeah. in the Reverend Horton Heat. Yeah. So you had Rockabilly and then two industrial metal rock bands that played here well, I'd throw, constantly. Throw Kill Cult and that. Bandwagon yeah. too, because like I've seen them like six or seven or, times, and like three of those times were just like, "Yeah, I'm bored. I'm not doing anything tonight." Yeah, it, it became so commonplace, and you don't realize that they didn't play shows like that all over the place. Yeah, I just think it was a straight shot from Chicago. So, 
they went south and then went back up north, probably. Yeah. Um, we're just on the way to Dallas, essentially. <laughs> Which also had a huge scene way back in the day of a place called The Church that was down there. Uh, but Poor The Church. COVID killed it. Yeah. Well, that sucks. But the uh, that's kind of like the... Me and John, before we ever did podcasting, like music's been our thing for a long time. And then like discovering new industrial music was something that John and Trent got me into. And a good friend of ours named Jason um, also introduced me to a lot of stuff. I'd say like that's our coming of age, right? Like right after teenagers, early 20s, like you're kind of finding yourself and getting to know some new stuff. It's when I really discovered a lot of punk rock that was dead for a long time. Yeah. And all the weird indie shit that I used to listen to. Well, like I feel like a lot of people like in high school like you probably discover a few bands that really impact you but i feel like you don't really have your own uh impetus like your own like ability to steer what you're listening to until like your late teens early 20s after you get out of the high school fucking social circles and start exploring other shit you well know? and everybody has a weird story so like a lot of people and i'm sure jason and the rest of you guys can kind of relate like initially you kind of like rebel against your parents music to a certain degree and i think everybody does i was rebelling against my dad's love of thrash which is a really weird thing (laughs) because my dad played in a thrash band in the 80s so when i was an early when i was a late teenager early teen i was looking for like the anti-metal which would have been industrial metal kind of because it wasn't quite the same but it was still had some of that root and then i was looking for like indie early emo i'm not talking about my chemical romance i'm talking about um like sort of like dinosaur jr my sunny or sunny day real estate stuff like that um fugazi um and like when you know that kind of like personality collides so like me john and trent were like the rat pack for a long time like going to all these little shows all over the place and just this is back when we burned CDs for each other and like... <laughs> I mean, when we went and saw C-Tech and Kim Lab in That Dallas, was like a reunion thing. And we took that picture. Someone literally replied, the Rat Pack's back together again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about uh, that. That was a good show. We saw who it was, Kim Lab and... C-Tech. Two excellent bands. So I, was, I didn't even realize that they were going to be playing yeah. anything ever again. I mean, Kim Lab put on a great show. Like, I was mainly there for C-Tech. But... I kept Jordan on my fucking personal Facebook. <laughs> He's a character. Um, is that his name, Jordan? Is it Jordan? Jared Lausch. Jared, Jared Lausch, that's right. Yeah. But, yeah, the uh, that's where our history comes from before, prior to podcasting. Um, that's a weird way to intro the show, but I think, like, you know, we get a very big variety of listeners about different things, right? And, Absolutely. And aside from the fact that we had an amazing dinner, like, kind of introducing you to the show again, because it's been... You'd probably have to go back to about three or four seasons for the last time you're on here, right? Yeah. It's been uh, it's a while. Been a very long it was, time. I think the last time you were here, we had like a, a ton of people around the table, I think. I mean, I, it I might don't have even been. remember, man. It's, it's, been, <laughs> it's been a while. It's probably been about four or five years. Yeah. I got real burnout on, on podcasting, and I, I think I just don't have like the, the I don't know, the emotional balance in my head to do that like on a weekly basis, because I would just randomly get angry about like really petty shit we're, we're not emotionally balanced i'll tell you that no, right honestly <laughs> this keeps me emotionally balanced because it's an excuse for me to see these two fuckers every week it's the um, only reason why i leave the house <laughs> to be that, honest <laughs> this gets me this is a surefire way that i'm out of my house away from my three children <laughs> see, once a week 
He's using it as an escape, and I'm using it as a uh, as an excuse to play human. Because as I'm, <laughs> as you guys know, I work nights. I don't ever see anybody ever, and I have no need for going out during the day because goddamn, it's 100 fucking degrees outside. Why would I want to do that? Uh, so uh, once a week, I get to play human in front of a microphone. <laughs> so, like one of the things that. <laughs> I got these fuckers out here today for was I grilled in this hundred degree heat. Yeah. You are uh, for you fuckers. You I are a mad it. bastard. That's for it, sure. <laughs> it was fucking delicious. I did something weird. So, and anybody else that has like, I don't know. Well, I'm going in a weird direction with this. So I made enchiladas, right? But yeah. I made, so I smoked the chili. Yes. Um, and for you, for you uh, people, so red chili sauce, right? So I took the chili pods and I put them at the top of the smoker when I was smoking the beef. And I smoked beef, so normally I make enchiladas, it's just cheese or chicken. I took short ribs, smoked those, and then sliced it up and mixed it in with the mix that I made for the enchiladas themselves. Mm. Um, and then Jason's uh, poor stomach, I... Uh, Made the sauce he, about as mild as he, I possibly he could. He added a generous amount of tomato, which I thank you for. It uh, was still fucking delicious. It was so great. I made them enchiladas, smoked enchiladas, I guess is what you call it. Because mm-hmm. there's, I don't, I can't think of a good way to put enchiladas in a smoker with it tasting right. But no. Um, and then I made some just like pork ribs. No, but the rib meat was great. Just yes. So we're all fat and happy. Had a couple of brews and. Uh, I'm, I'm totally cheating. one one, <laughs> one brew. He's over over there going. It's never going to shut up. <laughs> I just like how you ended this really like long like industrial music underground music scene conversation, and then, then it went goes, into your recipe for like, right. Right? like. It's fine. This is the way that this goes. It's a you know it's a variety. I said it was going to be about thirty minutes of bullshit and. Uh, <laughs> True to form. It's 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 I'm, never got any kind of structure anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to moderate it a little bit so we don't talk about industrial rock for an hour and a half. I, that could easily I mean, happen. I mean, we can do that. But We've done it before. A lot of those musicians went into soundtracks. That's true. But yeah. uh, that actually brings me to another point, though, that we can tie this into. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. He's fucking so, segueing like a goddamn <laughs> motherfucker over there. Yeah. No, so... <laughs> Uh, Solus is the name of the game, is I right? Yes. Um, so you did the soundtrack for that game, right? Yeah, I did uh, music and sound effects for it. Uh, I learned to use Wise while I was doing it. Um, what the hell is Wise? So Wise, you'll notice uh, the Wise like WWISE logo on most of your games. Like uh, Ubisoft uses them in nearly everything. Um, it is in. It basically makes editing and making audio functions for like the unreal engine or the uh unity engine way easier like, so it's not like you're making a call to an mp3 every time somebody like bashes their knee or right like so in wise i send it a bunch of wave files and then i tell it what i want it to export as so for solos we did ogg uh, which i gather is a common thing but like it's sort of common it's like a really it's a really compressed version of an MP3, not an MP3, but it's like an MP3. Like, it's common for video games. Um, it is not common outside of video games, I don't think. But, like, like the cool thing about Wise is you can be like, okay, I'm going to set my song here, and I want it to randomly pick one of these drum loops over everything else, so that, like, every time it 
repeats the track, it's slightly different than the last. And then, like, you can even set it up with parameters that, like, your engine can call. So, like, that's how they do a lot of, you're approaching the sea, so therefore we are making this volume name automate, this volume knob automate while you approach the sea. When you killed Carousel, that was one of the big projects you were working on, right? Uh, probably. Because that was a couple years ago that you were doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and And it's it's just now about to hit, actually, Xbox Live on August 4th. Yeah, Yeah. so... And it is available on Steam... Now. Yes. Now, it's 10 bucks. Yeah, and you can get one with the soundtrack, too, I think, which is only, like, four tracks, but... What's the... What was the... What is the game... What is it as a game? It is a block breaker. So... What does that mean? It's... uh, I never remember the name. It's like Breakout. Yeah, you shoot shoot balls, they hit blocks, the blocks go away, right? So the backdrop for the game is a, uh, like it looks like a kid's paper that they take to pencil or, or take to school or something. Like line paper? Yes. Yeah. That is the term. Okay. <laughs> um, so like I did, like I sampled my nephew a lot in it, like so he'll curse or whatever whenever you mess up. But basically, Your ne- the nephew more... being an, an adult? Uh, at the time, he was... Uh, 11, he was 10, I think. Now he's oh. 12, so. I mean. Okay. I have four nephews, so. I cursed a lot when I was 10. I mean, he, he doesn't, like, literally curse. It's just okay. this little kid, you know, like, exclaiming that I think adds a really fun element to it. But, um, no, my friend uh, Daniel and his group kind of made the game, and I came in and added the soundtrack and Wise later. Um, so it's got, I think, 150 levels in it total. Like, I think the main game's 100 levels, and then I think there's an extra 50, and I, I designed a couple of the other levels, but that was more just a yeah. fun staff development exercise. Yeah, and you'll find it labeled in um, Steam as an indie or a bullet hell is how you'll find it. Yeah. And I that, didn't imagine it as a bullet hell, but... I mean, I guess it is. Like, if, yeah. you, if you get hit by one of the balls you shoot, you die. And you get more points with the more balls you have on screen. Right. So, so it's kind of a make your own bullet hell. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you beat it? Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what counts as me beating it anymore. <laughs> like when you hear Dave's devs like sound disconnected from their game in terms of like, they're not sure if they're good at it or like if it's any good or whatever. Like I get that now. Cause you just play the thing like hundreds of freaking times and like, just trying to find like audio glitches. Like I did these audio things where like there's a white patch in levels eventually where you, you go into it and it slows whatever enters it down. So I wanted to add like a, some sort of like acknowledgement that you're in there. Right. So I think I added a filter and for the longest time, the filter was not only affecting the music, but the little kid's voice too. So we were trying to figure out like, Oh no, how to separate the two. And like that, that was a fairly easy one to fix, but it was, just an example. Right. Yeah, and then, like, you've got some, uh, I'm just watching, like, the trailer videos, like, there's some little green balls that, like, take, that the balls you shoot just stick to, and they're moving around the screen with you. Yeah, so those are fun, because yeah. you can, like, some of the green objects that will move around, like, you can bump into them and move them, and granted, if you hit one of your balls that's stuck to them, you die, but... It's a lot of fun, like, loading one of those things up and then ramming it into something. So, I will say, 
if you haven't looked at it on Steam, there are three reviews right off the top that mention your soundtrack. So, Woohoo. nice. Um, I did kind of a rock thing for that game. Um, so I, I'm big on like different styles, guys. So if you don't like one of my albums, maybe check out another. Fun puzzle game. Well, the music is really nice. Sweet. So no, but I mean this a lot of compliment John the podcast. Let's keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean you didn't you didn't start off with electronic music. I mean when I first met you, you were playing classical guitar, so it's not yeah. like that's your only yeah. No, trick. That, that's entirely true. I just I I get worried that sometimes like uh, the listening audience, just in general, like the not like the hardcore music nerds like us, but like like the normies. I'm a normie. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I worry that, like, sometimes they, you know, they go to an artist and they only want kind of the same thing from that artist every time. No, I want something different, something new, something, try something new. If it doesn't work, then you're going to get, you're going to get feedback from it. Well, there's, there's different artists out there. I mean, like, I'm a big fan of Devin Townsend and Devin Townsend is a man of like 75 different genres. So like, what if the Deftones came out with a jazz album? Like, okay, well, that might be a little bit different. You're kind of a one trick white pony, so... (laughs) As that being their best album, that's <laughs> something completely different here. When we're trying, when when I when I ask some uh, for something new, I'm thinking a track, you know, not a full album. If if I go and buy a full album and I'm expecting one thing and I get you know and I get like freaking reggae, I'm like, no, that's not what I bought. You see, so that's the problem with me. So you need to preview. Because <laughs> I'm literally going to do whatever the fuck I want under my solo labels. But I'm not going to be like, well, this is this is shit. It might actually take me some time to actually get used to the you know, the idea. And what will happen is, is my first impression will be like, oh, this isn't necessarily what I expected. I'm not quite sure about it. I might feel uncomfortable about it. And then after a while... I'll be able to pick out the certain, you know, certain things. I'm like, oh, that I, I can recognize that technique. I mean, if you went more mainstream, you could say Rob Zombie, especially the last 10 oh, years, God. Yeah. has kind of went a lot of different directions, too. I, that's he true. has. I mean, what is it? Educated Horses or something like that is completely different than a lot of things that he's done. Well, but he makes. So I guess all I'm arguing against is the person that makes a new name for each different style, like a new name for the project for them doing a different style versus like Rob Zombie did everything he ever did under the name White Zombie. Like he he probably would have upset some people at some point. Right. Right. But it's Rob Zombie. He's basically done an electric version of country, an electric version of rock, an electric, an electric industrial, right? He's done a little bit of metal. Like he's just, he's been kind of all over the place. He's done remixes. Um, Well, I mean, at this point, and it's been this I mean, way I don't for like, years. I don't he like does all whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just use that because it's a an easier mainstream person to focus on that a lot of people are familiar with. I, I guess yeah. it's a good point. Like, you know, another, I know he, he gets mixed reactions, but, you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and Nine Inch Nails, like, obviously Nine Inch Nails has gone off the fucking rails with some of the releases. Like, we would expect he would release an album like Ghosts after I, fucking, uh, with teeth, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, he did a lot of ambient stuff that, for a while again. That was pretty stark, though, <laughs> you have to admit. <laughs> One of them like, is like sci-fi soundtracks, and the other one's like an industrial rock album. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's, mm. uh, Trent Reznor's a weird dude, anyway. <laughs> I And then he did the soundtrack to Soul. 
I mean, it yeah. does. <laughs> oh my god, that's. Uh, I mean, I guess he has the he legend. You know, sometimes when I read these artist profiles, they're like, oh, they have this classical background or that. I'm like, eh, that's full of shit. They did it in high school. They've forgotten all of that. And like, right. So I'm surprised whenever they actually do use it. Like, I did imagine... you? You played in high school band though, didn't you? Uh, yeah, as in jazz band. Right, as a guitarist, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't play in high school band. I was I always thought they were the band geeks, and I wasn't. But then my best friend from high school is a band geek. So I didn't want to go to gym. I just didn't do electives. <laughs> I did Spanish because it was easy. <laughs> I was in quartet because I didn't want to have to do physicals on top of playing football. I got in a fight with the baseball players in 10th grade and decided I was done. I was I was in band for three weeks. I was that was as long as I could keep my uh, coronet in one piece, <laughs> and and uh, <clears throat> I think the, I, the I do remember the last time I saw the instrument, it was in my tub in about eighty pieces. <laughs> was it paid off? Um, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure if if I think back on it, I'm I'm pretty sure I pissed my mom off real hard because. Uh, it might not have been paid off. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like two grand back in the nineties, huh? Yeah. So she was not super happy about me going to band. See, and the thing was, when I went went to uh, the band class, if, you know, when you go into high school bands, like I was in a small town, so it was walk into the classroom, the music teachers there, a bunch of different instruments are you know are available and. She kind of has you go through the gamut of different instruments. I wanted to be a drummer. I never got to the drums because what I, what happened was is I picked up a cornet, which I didn't even know what the hell. It looked like a trumpet to me. And I'm like, okay. And I blew a perfect note. And she's like, that's the one. And I'm like, no, no, I want to get to the drums, <laughs> but you're going to play a cornet. And I, I'm like, okay. So I, I kind of had a bad start. You know, on that sounds like a bad teacher. Um, that re- that reminds me. Have you gotten yeah. any further on Ragnarok? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm playing it. A, uh, I can play some of the eight and nines now. So Ragnarok is a dr- VR drumming game with a Viking theme. <laughs> um, it's... that you play a lot of Viking folk and metal um, soundtracks. So. <clears throat> what it's Ailstorm's a real big one on there. Yep. Glory Hammer's another one that's really big on there. Soakit. Um, Soakit's another one that's really big on there. Yep. They added how many tracks did they add to the full release? That just came out a couple weeks ago, right? They added five tracks to the new re- uh, to the full release. Five or six tracks, something like that. Uh, some of them are really good, and uh, it does have custom song a bit of. It has the ability to add custom songs, so I haven't messed with it yet. Um, <clears throat> overall, though, like Beat Saber has a lot of, you know, a, a lot of extra stuff that you can add to it. I've been modding Beat Saber forever, uh, so I've got like hundreds of songs on there. But when I go to play Beat Saber, I'm like, no, I kind of feel like Ragnarok right now, and I just go and play Ragnarok, even if, if it's only got like, I don't know, maybe 25 songs, something like that. Um, those songs are. Well, they're more, they're, they're rock focused, uh, with, uh, Vi- uh Celtic dude, and Viking themes. Do 
Do you feel closer to your Scandinavian roots as you play it? Um, not anywhere near Scandinavian. What are you talking about? Um, <clears throat> he just looks that way because he never on, sees northern the sun. Michigan. Yeah, don't don't just don't don't. I'm ghost white. <laughs> so just for those people that I don't see the sun, for those on, people Huber. that don't ever see Rusty because it's an audio only show. Like imagine, do you remember that movie? Was it called Powder? <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't even have to go that far. Go back, go back to the Adams family, and just oh, that's it, Uncle Fester. I'm talking, I'm talking about like the 1993 movie, and just look at Christopher Lloyd as Uncle Fester, and that's that's pretty much what you got with Rusty. That's, I mean, yeah, that's very true. You are a bastard, and you're not wrong. <laughs> but, anyways, if you haven't played Ragnarok and you have any kind of <laughs> Rusty has a uh, marquee on his phone that just says fuck you um, if you haven't done it um, so I've got Ragnarok on I'm planning on a quest 2 Rusty's planning on an Oculus regular Oculus quest right, right Gen 1 Oculus <clears throat> or not quest but yeah Gen 1 Oculus it runs pretty damn well the tracking on mine was good enough for you and then your tracking on yours is good enough and it lets you adjust not the tracking but the audio sync mm-hmm. so it naturally sets the audio off sync a little bit to give yourself time to hit the drums right for the travel time basically um but i think it's really neat that it it vibrates the controllers as you hit the notes yeah and then you can adjust the audio so like both me and him are having trouble with that because we have a little bit of background in music so we adjusted the slider to be to produce the sound when you hit the note and then that made that infinitely easier for me to keep track of. Yes, I'm I'm still kind of fine-tuning that. And by fine-tuning it, it's one millisecond this way, one millisecond that way you, uh, to kind of get it right. You it's can a, also adjust the height and the spacing of the drums, which is great, too. Yeah, because so like the I'll play it sitting down and it's out of the VR games that I play. This is probably the most workout intensive that I got. By a long shot because you're moving your arm so much. And it's like at chest height, they're a little bit lower than chest height. Like if you're standing up, I play it a little bit lower. Like I'd be playing drums standing up like in band or something. Right. right. And then I'm sitting down, I'm playing it at kind of like chest height. And it holding, moving your arms frantically for three to four to five minutes at a time, depending on the artist. As some of those have much longer songs than others. Glory Hammer. Yes. Um Six minutes, seven minutes. So I think the longest one's like six and a half minutes. Yeah, it's, um, I mean that's a lot of it's that's uh, a lot of drumming. It's super clean singing. Eighty speed metal is what Glory Hammer is with a Viking ish theme. Yes, it's uh, very uh, pristine is one word I'd use for it. Um, the vocals are very <laughs> nut nut grabbing, um, but the drum parts are pretty hard. I feel like the Vikings are having like a renaissance in music right now, <laughs> like, like yeah. in terms of metal, in terms of weird theatric stuff. Oh, you, yeah, this like the stuff that we were uh, we were looking at for uh, Tainted Grill, that that yeah. kind of stuff. Oh, so if you've never heard, have you heard of Highlung? Y- yes, that's who I was trying to remember yes. the name of. Honestly, yes, yeah, the more pagan kind yeah. of stuff. The guys who were involved in the soundtrack for the sequel to Hellblade. Hellblade. Yes, I was about to say the game we were talking about before the podcast. Yeah, um, me and Rusty. So there was one day I was like, I haven't listened to Highlung in a while, right? And then I saw the trailer for um, Hellblade Two, and then I was like, 
Okay, I, I dig that. I need to figure. I need to see the rest of the song, and see what High Lung's all about. And then they've got like their first ever performance live is professionally recorded, <laughs> and mixed incredibly well. Yes, and it's like organic industrial would be the best way for me to describe it. Like I feel like they have the aesthetic of that fucking game already. So yeah, well, they look like they yes. they look like pagans in that game. They had Viking warriors on stage. <laughs> yeah, the uh, with shields and spears. <laughs> <laughs> but Highlung, if you're looking for something different, one hundred percent recommend. I I think anybody could, not quite anybody. I think anybody with an open mind could get into it. I loved it. I, I I was just I was just sitting there watch the whole thing stunned like this is really it's unique in yeah. in in a way because it's um it is performance art in in a lot of different ways you know just watching I, it you can see there that they get really into it and they make a uh, uh, they they make the whole like you could see the crowd just kind of stop at some points and be like, "Whoa, that's weird," and the you know the music just affects you in uh, in a primal way, and that is that's really cool. I likened it, John. You'll probably know this reference, and a handful of people listening might. Um, it reminds me of like a more organic Sanctum. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sanctum's absolutely. a what German band from like the late nineties, early two thousands that did. I think they're actually Swedish. I'm are they sorry, Swedish? I'm yeah, they prick. might be. They might be Swedish. Yeah, they are got... Swedish because one of the guys' names is Jan, spelled J A N. <clears throat> yeah, I emailed him in the nineties. Yeah, so they have a. Uh, <laughs> for some of their tracks, they have a female vocalist, and they have a male vocalist that's like a blast furnace, is what I would say. Yeah. Um, but they do a lot of like a lot of uh, drum stuff. With a lot, but they do a lot of string patches over a lot of their stuff too. Yeah, I mean they're all over the place. Like I don't think they've released anything in a long time, but they're on the Cold Meat Industries label, which back to Ant Zen kind of stuff. Yeah, well, and they also had like death metal too on the or black metal, not death metal. Uh, yes, I don't know. You're the metal genre expert, so I'm gonna fuck it up. But at the time, I remember thinking it was uh, black metal. I can't. Remember. There's a couple of Norwegian bands that they did um, remix stuff for back. Like late nineties, but like, man, God of War went to fucking Viking land. Assassin's Creed is there. Like, it's the time of the Norse. There's yeah. an anime called Ragnarok on Netflix that has some woman who fights with her tits. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> Jason's I, eyes open. Wait, what? Wait, what? Um, Looking this up now. It's not a good anime. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. No, it's a bad no, anime. It's, it's fine. It's um, not a. It's a. Um, they they have a bunch of different gods in it. The woman who fights with her tits is Aphrodite, obviously not from Norse, but um, uh, it's called Ragnarok, and it's the gods versus humans. So they pick out humans from different periods of times to face off against the gods. So the first fight is Thor versus um, this mongrel general whose name I don't remember. It's not Genghis Khan; it was someone else. But um, it was uh, I don't. I looked him up, and I've decided the anime's portrayal of it is. Like, I obviously expect it to be vastly different, but I, I question whether, like, they even tried to do what? whatever they, his legend was. Maybe but, they just looked at the concept and said yeah. that's a cool name, and then... But anyway, the first time you see Aphrodite, she has two stone golems holding up her tits that are, like, 
ginormous. And I never finished it, so I don't factually know that she fights with her tits, but in one of the trailers, it very much looks like that might be happening. And I know she fights at some point, so. Oh, okay. Record of Ragnarok. I've actually read this manga. Oh, okay. This, this guy, he's like, yeah, I've read this. So does she actually fight with her tits? No. Okay. I just. But her tits are quite exposed. (laughs) (laughs) Through the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. A lot of Japanese manga and anime gets weird. This is the reason why Justin doesn't like anime. (laughs) This is the reason why he's like, I don't, I I don't, I don't, I don't deal with this. There is a whole lot of, there is a whole lot of good anime out there that's not weird, but yeah. Most of it gets pretty weird. I was I'm Honestly, I'm trying to find a th- a normal anime in my mind, and I'm not quite getting there. I wouldn't watch it. Why would you want oh. a normal anime? Exactly. Which what what is the uh, what's the point? Like, sell me on what absurdity has been like strewn into this cartoon, and then mm-hmm. I will watch it. And then if it's mm-hmm. like like my problem with Record of Ragnarok, the anime is I was three episodes in, and they hadn't finished the first fight yet, and then they started doing these backflashes, and I'm like. I don't care at this point. Just get on with the fight. <laughs> I mean, I watched all of uh, all of Dragon Ball, and um, yeah, that takes like multiple months to finish a fight. So I'm, I'm fine. So those are also animated <laughs> a million times better than Record of Ragnarok. Okay, well, the Ra- Record of Ragnarok scenes are not, in my opinion, uh, animated well. Okay, well, how long does a fight last in Bleach, there, guy? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That'll be in an entire si- season, right? Significant fights, one to two episodes. Significant fights, a whole season, five to six. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> How do you stretch out a fight between seasons? Uh, lots of yelling and some exposition thrown in there in the middle of a fight. Power ups. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You get to sit there and like you know mm-hmm. <laughs> work out that deuce. There, there, there are sec- there are sections of both Dragon Ball Z and Bleach that spend two to four episodes just on one character's power up yeah are they talking the whole time or well they're they're shit talking sometimes between the grunts but um the those those episodes came out because the animators were doing their job faster than the manga writers could you know could write new content for it so they had to stretch it out in some way so that they could let the manga catch up. Usually by cutting to exposition of the other characters who are witnessing the fight. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. So, Or like they'll a, just make up bullshit episodes. So, yes, like, yeah. Naruto really enjoyed its flashbacks. Yes, like, yes, they did. You could probably edit, like, half an episode out of most of the first few series what? of Naruto with that. And then they did something like 200 episodes of film. Let's not forget that both Naruto and Bleach are probably two of the worst anime about having almost entire seasons of the show (laughs) based on some bullshit that's not even remotely connected to the manga at all. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I've not seen all of either of those series, but I remember Bleach, it was very hard to make it through. I think it was The Bount. Uh, yeah. Story arc that was that was trying. 
<laughs> yes. Naruto, I just read online, I'm like, oh, you mean I can just stop after this season and the next, like, 200 episodes are filler? I can just skip to sh- uh, Shippuden? Whatever it is? Yep. And that's what I did. And then... Uh, Probably the yeah. best... Uh, some of the best anime that are closer to, like, just a normal story are a lot of your horror thriller stuff. Um, that's kind of where anime gets the most normal. Have you seen, man, I saw a really good one, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Yes. I thought that one was fucking phenomenal. Yes. Like, it had the right amount of horror and comedy and, like, yep. Like the long fights were really good, you know? One I would actually really like to see more of, but they're just not doing it because the manga's not there because the mangaka is so slow is berserk yeah well i mean uh, I, berserk is but the mangaka is so slow you heard like he's yeah the author died yeah the yeah. author died so you're gonna have a problem with it yeah i think i'm right <laughs> well, up to like issue 37 his, or 38 his it. His assistant's supposed to be continuing it, and his assistant has been with him the whole series, but I still don't expect it to speed up ever. Yeah. Well, it's probably going to slow down now. Just just saying. Just yeah. just point that out. <clears throat> but, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of really weird anime out there. There's a lot of really good anime, like Persona. I, I actually haven't. You know, as big a fan as I am of all the Persona games, I have not... Like, I saw the Persona 3 second movie, and I enjoyed that. And I tried to watch the Persona 4 anime, and it was a little bit too... I want to say dry. Like, it it was... I felt like they... It was not an exciting anime, so I kind of fell off. And I've been afraid to try 5. Another really good one, but it's hard to find to watch here in the States, is Psychopaths. It was also short. They finished that way too fast, but it's good if you I'll keep that in give mind. a watch. It's I go back and forth. Like sometimes, like I have to be in the mood to watch thirty to fifty episodes of something at a time for me to engage with the new anime. Like and like so like Bleach I was really into, but I fell off, and now there are way too many episodes for me to ever go back. Like they brought out that Bleach Soul Resurrection game. I'm like, yes and get the story summarized for me up to a point, and have some, like, conclusion thing. Because that's what those games are good for. Ble- forget Bleach the anime. Just read the fucking manga and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That show is so bad. Man. So bad. Okay. I, I think we lost two of our members we in the did. anime rabbit hole. Anytime I bring up anime, uh, I lose both of them. I, well... I I am I will at least give anime a try, <coughs> but I don't have time for that shit. Um, <laughs> Another sad one that was really good though, John. If you haven't watched it yet, was uh, shit. It's on Netflix. Um, uh, Rusty actually watched it. Uh, which Mech- was it? Mex- Knights of Sidonia. Yeah, Knights of Sidonia. I have seen that. I haven't watched it yet, though. Um, it's good. Because that one, that one has mechs in it, right? Yes. Yeah. Which automatically puts it up in your book. It, it does. I'm just, I'm finding, like, the later Gundam series have, I like, disappointed me every time I've watched them. It's like, 
Like, Iron-Blooded Orphans, it seems like it's going to be cool. But I'm still, like, riding on the disappointment of, uh... I don't remember the name of it. Whichever one I watched before it, and then the Gundam Origin one. Uh, you guess mean what? Char's seed? real name is not Char. That pissed me yeah. off. You mean, uh, Seed? Um... Because I, I think it was Seed that preceded well, Iron-Blood. Maybe there's something... Oh, no, it was... I didn't like Gundam Unicorn very much. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, like... I but, liked some of the suits in that one. To be honest, most everything after Wings been kind of yeah. meh. It's not been, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we we should get back to <laughs> it's okay. something the others talk about. No, it's all good. No, I was just letting it I happen. I love nerding it. out. That's perfectly fine. You, you, I mean, I could keep. I'm thinking of like two other animes off the bat that I like. Right? But, uh, um, I was going to try to flip it back around to games. And I couldn't find. I couldn't think of any anime games. So I haven't really played that many of them. Uh, yeah, you won't play Final Fantasy fourteen. So there you well, go. Well, part of that's MMO too, though. No, no you bastard. Persona Five Royale is pretty great. I know a lot of people have talked a lot about Persona. Um, in fact, like half the games that you guys talk about on Pupcast have to do with a lot of games that I probably won't ever play. But I, I that's why like you I, guys have that market niche niched out. Pretty much. It probably doesn't help that I feel like I just play the four games just re-releases of like <laughs> like <laughs> continually part part of my well, problem I mean, with you're the playing per- mass effect again right yeah I, i've almost beaten it i'm on three and i've i had forgotten uh like the first half of three i'm like man this is the best mass effect game what the fuck like i i remember this being good but i remember being really disappointed then you get to the second half and you're like oh this is this is dragging what do they do with the war the preparedness thing because I haven't gotten through three yet. Um, I'm not... So, I, I mainly you... know it from the articles I've read. Like, my preparedness is almost maxed out. I'm at, like, 7,000-something. Is it just the decisions you made in the prior games? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they don't have any of the phone game bullshit anymore. Um, it just all has to do with how many side quests and whatnot that you did. That's okay. good. Um, I mean, I really hope they bring the multiplayer back at some point because I was actually a pretty big fan of that. The gameplay, with the exception of the loot boxes that you you, you, know, you could buy. I know I spent about fifty bucks on fucking massive Mass Effect loot boxes back. Same. Then. I don't think I spent a dime, and I had most of the classes. I uh, I only see the only reason why I ever spent any money on Mass Effect's uh, uh, loot boxes was because I wanted a uh, uh, a Krogan Sentinel class, and that was it. I mean, all I wanted was was just that. Everything else was gravy. I just wanted the class, and that was one of those you know um, multiplayers where you had to either. You had to get lucky yeah. on the uh, boxes you get at the end of each match, or uh, you you don't end up earning that through like an XP system or anything. You have to actually get it. Right. Yeah. It's all loot boxes. Yeah, I wanted a I, Solarian Engineer, and I did you, the same thing. Yeah, you, I gave up after like $60 of trying to get I only spent 50 a Sentinel. They had so many you classes like in that thing by the end. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I wanted a Krogan. And that was that was the thing. Uh, and once I found, you know, my Krogan, that was it. That was the last loot box I uh, yeah, ever I bought. And then we stopped playing like two weeks later. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm sad that, that that ended because that was a pretty fun wave based thing that we did for quite a while. Yeah, because 
old tilt cast was Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, and then Halo, Halo ODST that we played the fuck out of, and then it was Mass Effect multiplayer, and then we hit a really long dry spell of co-op. Because there wasn't a whole lot of co-op to have. You know, Which is part of what me and Rusty are running into right now, is yes. trying to find the perfect co-op stuff yes. um, to play, because my schedule's late, Rusty's is late, over overnight. Right. Um, and mine is super early. <laughs> so we've got Vermintide 2, which is fantastic. Um, but Dark Tide didn't come, isn't coming out this year, so that's off the table. And then me and Rusty started to play Orcs Must Die 3. Yes. Which turned out to be a winner, but I think we're going to get through most of the content here soon. I think, yeah, but the... Um, the uh, the maps and I th- I think Scramble's actually gonna uh, to mix it up um, do a good job of mixing it up. So if if you never played Orcs Must Die, I don't know if either of you two have played it, John and Jason. Um, I have not. Isn't that one of those trap set up tower defense? Games? Yes. Yeah, it's a third person tower a, defense game that can be played co op. Yeah, it's a third person shooter plus tower defense. But um, you're, and you're killing orcs. And you're killing orcs, which and, are not zombies, which is a very important distinction for me. And you, <laughs> you earn a currency based on how well you do on the map, which you can use to buy other traps. They're called skulls, right? And so sometimes you get skulls. additional skulls, <coughs> skulls. Um, in the middle of the match as a drop. So the idea is to get as creative and rack up as much points, quote-unquote, or multipliers or combos with your traps to build more score to be get more skulls. So you can unlock more traps. So you can do more creative orc killing stuff. Um, And you basically create like a weird rat's maze of death. Yes. Um, If you get a good kill box going, you can just sit back, relax, not fire your weapon, and just watch the orcs die. And and that is immensely satisfying. Once you get to that point, uh, you're like, I built my traps so well that I don't even have to fire my gun. Uh, And that is really great because the game is balanced in such a way that the traps don't do all of the damage. You have to actively protect the, the rift, which is the, it's the thing in the center you're keeping things from going into. Right. So like you've ever played defense grid. It's, it works like that, except you're in third person mode mm -hmm. on the ground with the enemies and you're getting from those combo multiplier pliers, more currency to build more traps. So the better off you can get with comboing off your traps, the more money you have to build better traps. It's um, it's an interesting loop. Um, the I, I am convinced that the endless that we spent way too long playing one night, um, we could have probably gotten to like wave thirty or forty, because. Uh, it just gets progressively harder as you as it goes along because it throws new enemies at you, more of them, more stronger units, and and it's 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 really fun. I, I loved it. Like of the of the last few games that I have purchased in the last I don't know two months, this is probably the best thirty bucks that I spent. It's an it's an easy recommend if you do like tower defense or you want something to co-op with. So don't they have a few of those out? Yeah, this is three. Okay. Yeah. They had Orcs Must Die Forever that was out that was kind of a shit show and was that actually just closed. Un- unchained. 
is what it was called, right? Yeah, yeah, I was unchained. So Orcs Must Die 2, honestly, in order of best to worst, it actually goes in numerical order. I know some people like 2 better than 3, looking at the reviews. I will say 3 has, I would consider myself an Orcs Must Die connoisseur. And because I've put a lot of time into it. I um, defer to him, actually. <laughs> I, just... I played the fuck out of 1 and 2, and I played them both co-op. This has more to it than the others do. There's more to do, and it's not more to do in like an Assassin's Creed go do all the things and collect all the weird things. It's like I said, you've got the campaign. They added, they bolted on a DLC for free for Steam because it's been out on Stadia for a year. I didn't even know. Um, and then they did um, an oh, endless mode. And then they did something called Scramble. And Scramble, what it does, it gives you five maps. And on each map, you pick one of two maps, and each one has a modifier, um, a negative modifier for you. So that negative modifier gets added, and then when you beat it, you get to add a positive modifier to your list of things that are making up your run. Mm -hmm. I'd call it run-based at that point. And so, like ours was like, get double the drops for our positive modifier. Orcs have more health, or orcs have, uh, like... Cyclops mage on every single um, what spawn basically right. every single wave will have at least some Cyclops mages and they're uh, they're units that will shoot a tracking you know uh, a tracking bolt of damage towards your character you kind of have to try to avoid them and you have to headshot them because their weak point is their one eye um, but but yeah it's that scramble mode was pretty fun. If I didn't have a migraine last night, I, we could have played that till about three or four in the morning. I yeah, think. yeah, it was. It's it, it gets really crazy. Like the last one that we did was a, a war scenario, which is actually new for Orcs Must Die Three. In uh, the war scenario is, um, <clears throat> it's a much bigger area with a lot more spawns. So we're talking five hundred orcs per run. Yes, per wave even and they just they just keep coming <laughs> it's like you have to uh you have a large area that you have to protect and it kind of breaks the normal convention of killed uh, creating kill boxes or little mazes that they can go through because there is no way that you can put that many traps in there to affect that many works it just makes you get more creative with what you do um in that sometimes we've gotten them to funnel right, and you get these bigger traps that you can use for these war scenarios. Um, but overall, like it's an, another welcome change to the series is having that additional layer of gameplay with that. I honestly say Orcs Must Die 3 is like a 4-5 at this point, because we both beat the campaign together. Yeah. I think it's an easy 4-5, like out of 5. And it's, the game is much more... It runs really good, too. Yes, it well, considering you've got like 500 units on the screen all going in their own directions, it does a pretty a pretty decent job of not slowing down until you get into the endless mode, at like wave 20, like 22 or so. Uh, then it gets to be like seven or 800 units on the uh, on the map at the same time, and it's yeah, there's a number of different spell effects and traps going off at the same time, and it, it starts to slow down. A little bit. I, I may have dropped a frame or two. Yeah, I had a couple of times I dropped a frame. But, like, especially, I mean, I was optimized for Stadia, which is doesn't have to be optimized, right? Oh, Stadia. Who plays on Stadia now? Uh, there's probably, know. like, five people in the world, I'm sure. 
But, I'm sure there's somebody out there that still plays on Stadia. I'm surprised Google hasn't given it up yet like they do. Everything? Yeah. Hmm. Surprised they haven't given up on the phones. Everything that isn't their search engine. <laughs> but Orcs Must Die 3, if you need to play something co-op, I think it probably plays better in co-op than it does single player. Yes. But we've, would... seen, we've seen people do it single player, but it is fucking hard. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it seems like some of the uh, the other or the the later maps that you get in the campaign are are uh, are balanced for two people uh, because you, would, you, you would have, have to... you couldn't run back and forth enough. You'd have to figure out a completely different way of tackling it solo. Right. Yeah. It like just... in some of those war scenarios, it would just be let them bust down the gates and fight them in that one spot. Right. Which is a valid tactic, but it's. A tough tactic. A tough, a tough tactic. You're playing really close to the goal, so it's it's a it's a fun little game. But the thing is, is that it is fairly short. If you're just playing the campaign, you're gonna get maybe what 15 hours out of it. 15, 20, I think. If you uh, if you spend time on it, that's it. You should even. I I believe our play time is probably much longer than that. Yeah, but. Still, I mean, it's it is fairly short, so you have to kind of find your own fun, you know, situation on that. It's tower defense, so you end up playing the same, uh, same maps over, trying to do, you know, to but, try to get a better score. But I mean, you, that negative positive mode you guys were talking about mm-hmm. that was kind of run based sounded pretty interesting. To me. Yeah, the 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 scramble, uh, scramble is actually something that we just tried last, last night. Last night, and. Um, it, it looked interesting because the uh, the rift that you're protecting has basically rift points or hit points. Every <laughs> unit that gets in there will bring it down one point. We've put twenty. I've put twenty two hours in the game so far. Okay, but the on scramble you get a hundred rift points and you have to uh, you have to keep it. It keeps that number throughout all five of the uh, stages. So if you do really bad on one stage, you'll only have like 60 rift points for the rest of the stages. So you just, you know, you do have to actually work to uh, keep the rip protected over five stages, which is, a, you know, could be really difficult depending on how the uh, negative modifiers go. I want to re-roll the negative modifiers, by the way. Uh, on we'll, we'll let you run it next time we do it. Okay, because the re-rolling, you know, because having... Expensive barricades sucks. So, <laughs> we talked for a second. Jason or John, do you have anything that you've been playing that you want to talk about? I So, I haven't played this game in a minute, but you guys talking co-op games reminded me of a game I really liked a lot that I need to get back to. It's a game called uh, Grim Dawn. I believe it's the second one. Yeah, we've played a lot of Grim Dawn. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. yeah. God, that's a... It's a fucking... I like it way better than... So, I love Diablo 2. It has a lot more options. Diablo 3 I didn't really care for. I feel like Grim Dawn took the parts I loved about Diablo 2 and put it in, like, 1700s mythical plague-ridden England or something mm. and fucking gave me not only one skill tree to level up for a class, but two skill trees and a fucking constellation. Yeah, Grim Dawn's... I think Rusty, you probably put like a hundred hours into it or something. Crazy. Yeah, some uh, somewhere in in there. Yeah, I had uh, I had beaten that game so completely that I did all of the DLCs, and there was an endless mode on the DLCs, and I got pretty freaking far in it. Man, um, 
and I've tried a few different builds. One of the uh, one of the builds I remember using was um, it had to do with a very specific crossbow. I had to go farm a very specific crossbow for it, uh, and that's. Uh, but once you got that crossbow, it was like going from 10,000 damage to 200,000 damage difference. It was a pretty massive difference. And it was just because of the modifiers on the crossbow. Um, but yeah, I played the piss out of that game for, uh, for a while. Like any ARPGs I'm, I'm kind of into. Gotcha. So it's. So I, I don't play a ton of them just because I find a lot of them really mindless. That's the reason um, why I play them. <laughs> like, Grim Dawn I liked because the bosses were actually difficult. Like, I yes. found myself dying on them uh, instead of just blanket hitting the button, you know. Um, the uh, I think the one I rolled up was a, whatever their version of the Necromancer was, and I think an cultist? I, basically, I do anything that I can. Anytime I can make a gameplay itself for me, I'm going to do that. Oh. So, <laughs> oh, you would probably like this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a, a, a suggestion. If you like Grim Dawn, uh, or ARPGs in general, look up uh, Last Epoch. Last, like E P O C H. Yep. Yes. Okay. Um, there is. It's. It is a. Uh, yeah, but it's still an early. Access it's an early though. access game, um, but. Uh, and the main story isn't complete, but it does have a uh, a point where it says basically to be continued, so you can can you know, you can continue on to end game from there. Um, but the bosses actually, you you do have to worry about. Uh, yes, that's the one. Um, you do have to worry about um, like mechanics. You have to you know get out of you know certain spell effects and whatnot, so you can't just sit there and face tank it. Uh, but it has one build that I had actually uh, was playing around with that allows you to uh, summon wraiths as a necromancer, and it can get up to like 30 or 40 wraiths that throw fireballs. Oh, I'm in. Next and, <laughs> and that allows you to just basically sit back, and the only button you're pressing is summon wraith, and you're avoiding the spell effects so that you can, like, not get hit. But you've got a uh, stone golem that tanks for you. And uh, and you've got, like, 30 skeleton mages or wraiths that actually just sit there and throw fireballs. And it just clears screens, and it's amazing to watch. Um, it's, it's worth a play. That sounds wonderful. Um, it's... Uh, I wouldn't say that it's as deep as uh, Grim Dawn as far as like skill trees are concerned, but it still has um, it still has a decent amount of options. Like you can uh, on the Necromancer, you can change your skeletons to be you know just melee skeletons or just skeleton archers or just skeleton mages and you can uh, augment the damages for each one of those things as long as the trees are deeper than diablo 3 i'll be happy oh the, they're they're much deeper than that um so it's in because it's still in early access it kind of has new features every so often there's a couple classes that are uh that have been announced but not fully implemented yet so uh you can you know you can see what's coming 
but you can't really play them just yet. Uh, so it's because it's early access, you just have some of the early access things to it. But when I was playing through it, um, I was able to get to their version of Endgame, which is, um, well, it gets progressively harder with more modifiers and, uh, and things that you can do on the maps, but the, you know, the drops that you get are much better, uh, as you go along. And as you clear one of the, uh, there's these little time islands that you can go to that go to a specific time period. And then you, uh, you do a little mission on those islands you do enough of those uh, those runs, and it has a story mission that you can do, and then it eventually gets to a boss that you can uh, that you can run, and the boss is actually uh, challenging. Like depending on the build you're running, it can be really challenging. Um, but you know, once you beat a boss, you'll get a blessing for that uh, for that island. It's randomized. There's like I don't know, like 20 or so different blessings that you can get for that time period. And that could be something like increased, you know, in, increased health or like minion damage or, you know, fire damage or something like that. Is this something you can repetitively and you can, stack? You can repeat to get different blessings uh, or different stats on the blessings. So can you use more than one blessing and? Yeah, it, you can have, uh, there's a bunch of different time islands that you can go to. So each one of the time islands has like 15 or 20 blessings. And that means that if you go through all of the time islands, you could have like 20 blessings and have a really strong character. And you're going to need that to be able to defeat the, you know, the boss of the islands that's causing all of the time rifts to happen. It's It's all based on time. It has a, a fairly decent mechanic for how you're going back and forth in time. Um, and there's uh, some really cool things coming down the pipe where um, they'll have these time lost chests or something like that, where you can go to a previous, the it's the same world, but at different time, time periods. So if you go back to prehistoric times, find a time lost chest, put an item in that chest, and then go to that same place Later on in the epochs, you can go back to that time lost chest and it'll have monsters that have gathered around it. You defeat the monsters, pull your item back out of the chest, and it has grown in power over time. Man, that's like a way more complicated version of Chrono Trigger, like chests back in the day. Yeah, it's it's actually uh, it's not quite implemented just yet. It's on their uh, uh, it's on their um, roadmap. Uh, but they're constantly updating that, so that's, that's, cool. that's something that I've been kind of playing off and on. Um, I know recently um, I decided to pick up a different game because I've had my eye on a game called Chernobylite for quite a while. Um, it's been early access for about a year and a half, and it's a sitting on genre I usually go for, but it's a survival horror game based in Chernobyl. Um it's built as a stalker type game, but it is not stalker at all. Um, Chernobylite is just came out a couple days ago. So I'm only about seven hours in, but the game loop is you're a scientist who did something incredibly stupid. I think you had, you were part of the original Chernobyl incident 
is what the deal is. And you come back to the area because during the incident, you lost your wife. And because of the fallout and everything else, there's like ghosts that are hunting this island. And it's, it's only build like stalker because you're dudes in gas masks um, in Russia. And it's stalker. Has anybody here on here played stalker? The dudes in gas masks genre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have not played soccer. So Stalker's if the sniper game, isn't it? No, no, no. So Stalker, so I'll explain. Stalker's kind of like Fallout. Um, it's a post-apocalyptic game that happens after nuclear war or something like that, right? And so there's all these anomalies that are all across the landscape, and you grow in power by finding the anomalies. And the way that you find the anomaly is you see like a distortion in the air, and you throw a bolt, and if the bolt hits it and you see sparks or whatever, you've got to like use the piece of metal to kind of find the safe path to the rock or whatever it is that ends up giving you superpowers. Um, it's a very niche game. It's you're a nobody in this game. Like the thing about stalkers, you're 100% nobody. You're not the savior of anything. Nobody knows you. Everybody kind of hates you, um, but you're trying to find these relics of power, so to speak, um, to get stronger. And I don't remember the overarching narrative. I just remember it being a really cool survival ish type game. And, it's Russian, and it's survival-ish, which is the only correlation you can draw to Stalker. But it is not a shooter, per se. Um, it is a story-based game with different missions and runs you do with base building. And so it's a first-person game that, when you're going back to Chernobyl, um, you go. so you'll start off on day one, and you'll need to gather some resources to build up your base, to build up your team. What you're ultimately trying to do is build up a heist, and the heist is to go see if you can't rescue, figure out what happened to your wife, right? So you're collecting clues through each one of these missions that you do, um, and then ultimately survive. So as you're out in the wild, you got to find food, you got to find mechanical parts and fuel and stuff like that. So is this a like a level based? Like you enter a map with an objective, and then you eventually complete that objective, and then go to a new map? Or... Yes. Okay. So it's not quite open world, so it reuses some of the same maps, and each of the maps are not huge. I want to say, like, maybe two miles square, if that. Um, so these big chunks of land, but they add modifiers to them based on what's going on in the world. So as far as, like, choices matter kind of thing, it's actually pretty huge. Now, I haven't died yet, but from what I understand, when I die, um, I get captured. So if you take enough damage, you get captured or whatever. And then you got to fight your way out of that area and then get your stuff back and then make it back to base. You've got this weird portal gun that takes you back to your hidden base. Um, it's got a piece of like radioactive like chunk of crystal in it. Then you shoot a little thing and that's how you exit each map. And you don't have to complete the map. So on a story-based mission, if you don't complete the mission, that's fine. But I was trying to watch more of this stuff while um, I was on break the other day at work to kind of get an idea of what was next. And so if you die, you go in your head, you're able to rethink the choices you made and reverse them while you're dreaming, so to speak. So that's one of the things that you can do. And I was noticing this because it auto it doesn't let you just save scum. So it just auto-saves at different points. And I was noticing, like, there was this guy that was getting held up in the middle of a road, right? And I'm just out here sneaking around, grabbing supplies, trying to get to um, this area to steal some data from this group, right? So, like... You're not a very tough dude. And I see him get held up. They start talking to him. They really harass him. And a guy fucks up and shoots him and blows his brains out. And then it says saved. 
I totally had the opportunity to shoot those two guys, but I didn't want to shoot them because I didn't know if I could win the fight. Um, oh, wow. And so I know that that choice mattered because it said save, like right after that happened. And there's one person I saved that I don't think I was, should have saved um, that was also in a situation kind of similar, like there's an argument going on. There's this guy, they pull him out of a truck, and he's like lying on the ground, and they're yelling at him. And I was like, fuck it, I can save him. I've got this shotgun. So I take one guy down, and then the other guy, I like shotgun to the face, right? And then he tells me he's part of their regiment, and he was just selling illegal drugs. Uh-huh. And that's why they were mad at him. And then I couldn't do anything else. I could have shot him too, but I felt like that would be especially bad. So, um, and then every time you kill somebody, you lose some of your sanity and you can only gain your sanity back by alcohol or, um, <laughs> that's such a Russian thing right? or some kind of like, <laughs> give me some vodka, some kind of salve you can make out of like the stuff you find that helps you cure your sanity. When your sanity goes down, um, it obscures your vision a lot. And I know it has some other negative effect. I haven't let it stay down for too long because I keep finding alcohol because I search everything. Um, so I've always got like three bottles of vodka on me. He's got the booze, man. So this sounds like a pretty high-end game. Like It's it... made by a smaller studio, but it looks really good. Um, I would put it up there. Graphically, it's almost at a fidelity like Last of Us. Oh, wow. Um, it's a very high-fidelity game. Um, map and size, ambition, voice acting are not the same. Like, I think, so some of the ways that they cut some corners with this is there's no, so there's voice acting, right? But they don't have to animate faces because everybody's wearing a mask of some sort. So they cut corners with that. They don't have a huge open world map. They load into each of these smaller maps, right? So they don't have to do anything with that. Um, they've got an original soundtrack by the same guy that did The Witcher 3. Um, oh, okay. But it's more of a noise soundtrack. Um, but it's a man. You want to see some crazy shit? You should watch the behind-the-scenes stuff on how they made that Witcher Three soundtrack. That's mm-hmm. very random, but I didn't know that. I, yeah. Sorry, I don't want to side. I'm adding Chernobylite to my wish list too. By the way, like it sounds really fucking interesting. It's like it's um, kind of Silent Hillish. There's a little bit of jump scare. It. I actually turned it off to finish grilling, but right now I'm in the middle of a basement with my gas mask on. Um, because there's so much radiation going on right now, and there are these weird shadow creatures down in this radiated basement. And I found the best way to cure the shadow creatures, because the difference between me liking a horror game and not liking a horror game is me having some power out of getting out of the horror. Right? So if I can shoot the monster, I'm generally okay. If I have to hide and whimper in a closet like Amnesia, I can't play it. Um, he, he couldn't play. Fucking Amnesia just drives. I or can't Outlast. Either. Yeah, those, I can't do those games. When I, you're powerless. Amnesia broke for me when uh, I was on, like, they have some level where, like, it's like a floor is lava type thing, and I was on some piece of wooden thing, and there was a monster that couldn't get on it, and it was invisible, and I was just sitting there, staring at this invisible monster, (laughs) just being like, I could just go run and do this other thing, but this is kind of really breaking the immersion for me, having this, if I'm on the floor is lava part, this monster is going to get me, you know, but, anyway. Yeah, I just... Didn't like the hiding in a cupboard thing and then, like, peeking out and his sanity getting worse and worse and worse. So, like, is your guy in Chernobylite, are you hiding because you're you're low on ammo and you're worried you're not going to be able to take out whatever's there? It doesn't take a lot of shots to kill you. Okay. So, you get one shot of, of uh, so I've found exactly two, but I've got one shot of um, 
adrenaline. And so the one time that I almost dropped, <clears throat> he takes a shot of adrenaline, jabs it into his heart. Everything slows down for a second. And I was able to shotgun the three guys that had ganged up on me and take them out, um, which instantly dropped my sanity down to nothing. But like you've got that's kind of like your one get out of jail free card is having a shot of adrenaline on you. <laughs> so I was just imagining in a gunfight, you'd be like, hold on a second. But yeah, but it, yeah, like not quite ma- Matrix time, but almost like that, like not dodging bullets, but everybody's reactions really slow. So you can kind of aim, shoot, aim, yeah. shoot, aim, shoot. And it lasts about 10 seconds. I mean, all these games have, have weird shit like that. I mean, Bioshock Infinite, like the guy is eating burgers and fucking hot dogs out of trash cans. Yeah, yeah. well, and you know, firefights. Well, I mean. Well, and you, but like the music's pretty good. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's it's kind of Eurojank is one way I would say it is, but I Eastern Eurojank, I guess is what I call it. Yeah. But I like it a lot. I like that kind of game a lot. Stalker was another kind of Eurojank game that I really recommend. And it's set in this post-apocalyptic setting, right? Like the graphics are done really well, the soundtrack's done really well. Metro the, is like that. Metro's like that. Yeah, but Metro's super fucking polished. Yeah. Um it's it draws parallels between metro and stalker because of the setting but it's not anything like those games it's it's its own thing and i think that does it a service being its own thing the shooting's not particularly amazing but the sound design for the shooting is really good mm-hmm. and it's just you know there's not i mean that helps a lot like one of the big selling points i think in mass effect shooting is that all the fucking sound effects in that game are fucking baller you know yeah well i mean like the shotgun sounds like a shotgun in this game the the pistol sounds like a pistol. Like there's a lot of like reverb they've added to that. A lot of like extra sound, not extra sound. You know, like if you shoot a gun and it's like a short sample and it stops and it kind of ruins immersion. I, as somebody who listens to stuff all the time, this this draws out like your single shot probably rings out for like a second and a half. So like it's a very a gotcha. lot of detail. So like an actual realistic gun. Sound yeah, it's, with reverberation behind. Yeah, it. it's there's a lot of detail played to this. The biggest selling point of Chernobylite is the landscape. the The atmosphere is superb. Um, the storytelling's pretty good. There's some really hokey sci-fi bullshit in there, um, and you know, there's a little bit of grindiness with it because you can literally. So every day, right? The the loop is. I've got one companion, right? And I'm, I'm renting this warehouse from some other Russian dude who's kind of a cocksucker. And so, but we're doing some missions for him to basically pay our rent. Um, and then we've got the story missions that I'm trying to find my wife. And then we've got these in-between missions that I can do anytime because I don't have to do the story missions in time or order. It may affect the story. I'm not sure. But like I go out into the world and collect supplies because I wanted to build an ammo bench. I wanted to build... My guy was not comfy, so I needed to buy get electronics so I could build him a TV and. So you um, know, so quick point of clarification, because you, your degree of enjoying to build things in games is far deeper than mine. Is like the building in this game. You would you like where would you put this? Would this be like on a seven days to die scale, or would this be on like a Fallout Four? Fallout. Okay. Literally, some of the stuff is, it feels copy-pasted Fallout 4. When you first get in the base, you scrap all the bullshit that's in the base, which adds mechanical parts to your inventory. Mm. And there's only a handful of resources. There's chemicals, herbs, mushrooms, um, flammable, mechanical parts, electronics. 
and food. That's that's all of okay. your resources. That sounds okay. I enjoyed the crafting in Fallout 4. A lot of those survival games, like not Seven great. Days or Minecraft or something, are too much for me. A lot this isn't time. nearly that deep. Because I'm an old man who yeah. can't do the young. This wouldn't be like <laughs> young, young kids games. <laughs> this wouldn't be like the forest or green hell or seven days to die or anything like that. Okay. Or you know, don't starve. This is nowhere near that complexity. Really, the 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 reason that you do that stuff <clears throat> is to improve the effectiveness of your character and your companions, right? To add on things to your guns to build yourself more medical supplies to make sure your characters that work with you are happy so they do good on the missions you send them on. Your NPCs, you're sending on missions too. You can't send them on the main missions, but you can send them on side missions or basic gathering missions. You can also do the gathering missions too, and I actually quite enjoy doing the gathering missions. There's a little bit of over-reliance on this little pulse thing to find material. So you've got like a thing that looks kind of like a walkie-talkie. You hit a button, it's right-click, right? It's not a Geiger counter. It's a, it is a Geiger counter. and then it, But it pulses <laughs> and it finds material so it could find chemicals. It could find mushrooms. Like for whatever reasons, mushrooms are both medicinal in this game and also make glue. So <laughs> Mushroom glue. Yeah. So mushrooms okay. are used for quite a bit of things. So I always have it set to find mushrooms because I need them so much. Uh, but I don't mind the... It's the game super glue. Yeah. You've always been big on shrooms. Yeah. Mm. So it's the... But overall, like, I can't rate it yet because I haven't gotten far enough into it. Do I like what I'm doing so far? Yes. Is it a fast-paced game? No. You have to be kind of... It's almost zen sometimes, honestly. Hmm. And with some, like, really high-intensity moments where things get really shitty really fast. Like, Geiger Counter. Yeah, it is kind of like a Geiger counter. It it does function as a Geiger counter at times, but I know that it's it's a sci some sci fi bullshit that they made up that also finds materials. Just just so you know, I found this on Amazon, and you can you too can have a Geiger counter for sixty two ninety six. Oh wow! I hope <laughs> that it never goes off in my vicinity. <clears throat> I want a Geiger counter that counts the amount of Geiger paintings I have in my house. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Ouch! 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 Um, Be glad you've only heard one of that quality so far. <laughs> um, Chernobylite, would I recommend um, if you're a fan of survival light and story and some light horror elements and some light survival? Sure. I think the choices matter. The quality of the environments um, really play to are its real real strengths. I mean those those character situations you describe sound pretty appealing to me like and i don't like i'm trying not to let them blow up in my head in terms of like how impactful or big of moments those may or may not be but like it sounds pretty fucking i i wanted to before i made the decision right i watched reviews watched other people play it does understand some of the stuff you know obviously not huge spoilers type stuff but from what i understand some of those types of choices because i let somebody go i may not be able to get one of the companions because um, you know, I didn't save somebody or do a certain thing in a mission. I might not be able to recruit somebody or do a whole series of side quests. Um, so it's that kind of choices matter kind of thing. Well, and I like it does the autosave thing with that because, like, I, Mass Effect Trilogy is one of my favorite games of all times. But, like, realistically, I'm going to save, and if I fuck up one of the choices I wanted to make, I'm going to reload and do it. It makes and you commit. Like, yeah. And a game like this is going to make you actually see the rest of the content and, and kind of go with your different choices, you know? 
Yeah, I'm hoping that it turns out it's actually got a very positive rating right now on Steam, and it continues to grow. I think released the other day, and it's already at 3,000 reviews so far. I think so. It just came out of early access literally like Thursday. Gotcha. Or, yeah, I think, was it Thursday or Wednesday? It was... It was Wednesday, because I was playing it right before I went to work. Yeah. So, and I've, like I said, I've only got a few hours in it, because, you know, it's only been out a couple days. But I'll keep playing it, and then we'll talk more about it later. But it does bring me to one other thing. Last game, right? Unless you have a surprise game, Jason, that I didn't know about. Nope, still just play Battletech all week. Okay. <laughs> this guy but like, you got Game Pass. I did. He's got Game Pass Ultimate, so I think that we'll hear something else other than Battletech next week. He, he, Maybe. Might, he, he might try out other uh, games. MechWarrior? A couple. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> MechWarrior. That makes sense. It, it makes total sense Actually, if try Mech, it. I mean, MechWarrior's pretty all right. Straight pew pew. Mm, yes. Honest, well, I mean, I've had a lot of fun with MechWarrior so far. I just had some other games I wanted to try. And it's now a roguelike with the Heroes of the Inner Sphere, so you can kind of play it ad nauseum. Yeah. Um, but back to the game I do want to talk about, because it has some really high points. Yes. And some really low points that are, I'm hoping, day one bugs. The Ascent. Yes, The Ascent. It so, just, just came out yesterday. Yeah, so it's a yes. twin-stick shooter set in a cyberpunk universe with RTX and all the other bells and whistles that make it look beautiful. Uh, RTX is available. DLSS is available currently on Steam version only and has not gotten to the Xbox version. And that's kind of a... There's, there's, a, a, couple, there's a couple things going on with this. So, continue. Yeah, so with Steam, you can do DLSS, which I was hoping for, so I've lowered it down to 1440 so I can enable all the bulls and whistles on a 30 fucking 80, um, which is crazy, but it does need... A lot of things need DLSS to run ray tracing. It's not that, though. But it really isn't that. So, so the single... Into, bu- I'll talk about the good for a second. Right. Get so it's a twin-stick shooter with has RPG light elements, right? You can upgrade your skills so maybe you're aiming your evade your critical things like that you get new weapons you get augments which physically change your character so we've got one that's like a punch and then there's other things that you can do that are basically abilities that you get right um the ability effects or whatever and the gun effects and all the lighting things going on look really neat yes um but it doesn't play so well on co-op right now um, and that's the real reason that me and Rusty were playing it was because it was a co-op game. And we played single player, right. had very little issue. We played multiplayer, it got was. through the tutorial, and got to some of the missions. And then we lost our missions. And we had missions that we couldn't complete because they disappeared out of our log. Or they wouldn't point to where we're supposed to go or the doors wouldn't open. Or um, the game would get us stuck in a corner because of lag or something. I don't know. It was... There was something going on there. If Rusty got into a conversation, like a cutscene conversation, and I wasn't nearby, it would glitch out and vice versa. Um, And when you first get into the city, there's a couple of different quick cutscenes that just show off the city, so to speak. And anytime one of those would blow up, like me and Rusty would sometimes have to Alt F4 and rejoin. Right. And then rejoining with the xbox app is kind of a pain in the ass the pc xbox app has one of the worst multiplayer uh like party up systems i know of 
Um, you know, so here's something you don't Xbox. know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still built on a controller setup. So I have this disabled because it was driving me nuts, but I could re-enable it. What you do is you hit the Xbox button on your Xbox controller, and it pulls up the social overlay so that you can quick join into stuff. But we play it straight through the app because we don't use the Xbox button. And we're playing mouse and keyboard. And I don't have an Xbox controller. And what that means is if you fail to join, you have to relaunch the app, which means alt-tabbing out, hitting your Windows key, scrolling down to the Xbox app in your, um, you know, in the tray, relaunching it, going and finding his name, right-clicking on him, and then going to join game if the ability is still there. And then the notification to join pops up and after Marty and game. And if you haven't felt the need to slam your head against your desk at this point, that's that's pretty. It's it's in the moment. You especially if you are in the middle of a battle and something drops and you're trying to get back in there and you're fiddling around with the freaking app, and you just want to like punch a wall. That's about what it's like to uh, uh, to experience the Xbox app. Uh, but. I mean, the Xbox app is technically still a beta, so we have to give it a little bit of leeway. But the thing that's irritating is that we wanted to play this co-op, and it won't let us. <laughs> it really won't let us. Like, I, And then, like, other things that were kind of dumb, like Rusty had black pants on. Yes. And so it changes the color of his name on the sidebar to black, and it changes his circle to black, which is hard as fuck to see on a black background and then on the mini map it changes him to a dark black circle which is impossible to see on a black mini map um when you're in the middle of combat so i look for the negative space to find him and then we found out it was the color of his pants that changed the color of the dot (laughs) and then he changed it to bright pink so that i could find him it's a weird thing like yeah i just should just be able to change the color of the circle or that should just be all in colorblind mode so that i can see it i i got so pissed that you know, he couldn't see me. He was like, "What?" One of the things I've played some uh, a, a lot of co-op games with Justin over uh, over the last few months, and one of the constant fucking things that I hear from Justin is, "Where are you? Where did you go? What? Where? Where are you at?" And just I'm already blind as it is, and, and just seeing this in the game and seeing that my pants color was the uh, was the color main color for my name. I just said, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to do hot pink and you're going to see me because I'm going to be that dude running around with hot pink pants on. <laughs> I mean, it is a cyberpunk world, so. Uh, yeah, it is. But it, and it does do some creative things in the cutscenes that showed both of us in the gear that we were in. Yeah. Um, the characters themselves kind of have a plastically look up close. Yeah. it's But the lighting and the city design is done very is very high detail like oh, yes. almost too dense um so so it so this game the ascent actually captures the cyberpunk dirty world situation where there's like uh there's alleyways full of like trash the and great stink. you know and stuff like that yeah the great stink is where the uh waste processing goes on um the um the the thing about this is i think it it actually captures the grungy part of cyberpunk uh more than cyberpunk 2077 did cuz cyberpunk 2077 had like districts that you could go to that was kind of grungy whereas this is they call it the arcology which is basically 
It's a, a mega city. It's a it's a mega city. It's like a section of a mega city is what I find out. Um, and that that area is just full of trash, just full of cyberpunky stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's um it's also like contrasted by the fact that there's neon and holograms and you know like this this high tech stuff going on. Uh, it like has all the shit going on in the background. There's so many NPCs on screen at one time. I would say there's 200 NPCs on screen at a time. Yeah, and Damn. you you shoot the you, know, you you could shoot some enemies and they'll be you know normal pedestrians walking by you know but as soon as you shoot the gun they're like oh fuck and then they start booking off screen uh and of course some of them will just get into the crossfire and just get plastered of course they (laughs) (laughs) the the whole thing is innocent npcs getting in the way of your bullets is a time-honored tradition yeah yeah, or, or jumping in front of my car. Seriously, they just jumped in front of my car. It doesn't matter that I was driving down the sidewalk. Um, Have you <laughs> not played GTA Five? I mean... Or Cyberpunk 2077. Right, or Cyberpunk yeah. 2077. I mean, the sidewalks were actually or the best Or any open-world game with a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are no cars on the sidewalk. That's the person... That's the place to go. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, there's no real punishment for it. Is why? Well, not not in Cyberpunk because the cops exist for one block. Um, <laughs> but that's 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 a thing. Uh, back to the ascent, though. the The thing is, is that game actually plays fairly well single player. I have not had any problems with it playing single player. Uh, it seems like most of the bugs are introduced when. Uh, certain uh, certain things like getting stuck in one of the animations uh, when your buddy starts a quest or talks to or starts a cutscene. Well, um, for instance, right now both me and Rusty had multiplayer characters. Yeah, that can't do any quests even in single player because the quests are super bugged on that character. I had to completely delete it and start over. Um, there's been reports of people who have had si- similar situations. Where there was like four or five people actually, you know, trying to play this game together, and uh, that they ended up getting in, uh, getting locked into a cutscene. All had to Alt F four. When they came back to the game, all their characters were gone. Have the devs said they're gonna fix it? It's probably. I haven't actually looked into any, any of the dev news for it because, uh, like, it, I mean, it came out yesterday. So it's literally been out for a day and a half, right? So oh, okay, uh, so, so probably, yeah. Me and him both kind of said we're going to see if they don't patch this soon, right? I'd like to play it, uh, you know, play it co-op because I mean, it has the option for that, and it seems like it would be a good game to co-op. Um, and right now, I mean, trying to find good co-op games is hard. Yeah. Yeah, we're still waiting on the new Aliens game, and then I guess Back for Blood, Rusty will break his zombies rule for Back for Blood. I'm... Hmm. So this is not a multiplayer game, but it is a cyberpunk game. Have you guys ever played Dex? No, I haven't played Dex. Dex is Metroidvania Deus Ex. Um, and it is more than the sum of its parts. Because, like, 
the combat's not great. Um, and you can kind of spec your guy to either be stealth, weapons, or... I mean, it's basically the day sex options, right? You want to hack, you want to sneak, uh, you want to punch. Um, but, like, they're they're good enough. And, like, all the components of it, like, the characters are all fairly decently written. And, like, the world is a cool... Like, you talking about a grimy, like, area kind of made me think of this game. It does not yeah. have, like, hundreds of NPCs on the screen, but it has a bunch. And you pass strip joints and... Uh, you know, like freaking modding and and uh, augments are a huge part of the game, and there are different decisions you can make that cause different things. Um, it's it's made by an indie studio, and it's a game that you can probably beat in ten hours or so, or something like that. But it's a, I don't know, it really hit home with me. Yeah, that one. Okay. Uh, you're the one character. Um, and it's been probably a year since I played it last. I've been meaning to play it again. I just want to forget more of it before I go back to it. But, um, you know, they have evil medical company that you have to go steal stuff from, I think, at one point. And, <laughs> like, it you just, know. It just reminds me of, like, you know, uh, in, in The Ascent, one of the very first uh, uh, the very first side quests you get uh, is from a street vendor. Uh, and he's he's selling a drug that he s- sells to people passing by, but he needs more supplies. Uh, it's a you know to uh, in, uh, increase the libido of his customers, uh, and it's made from the testicles of mutants. Uh, so you have to go because collect, that makes sense. You you have to go collect mutant testicles for him. So, um, so is this like an open city area that you wander around? In? It's, yeah, it's yeah, a pretty okay. big city area. Yeah. yeah, and you go between areas to get to do various quests. Okay. That's and cool. it's a twin stick shooter, basically. Yeah. Like, the, the twin stick shooter thing is, like, well, that and the glitches. But I'm not a huge twin stick shooter fan. But it's the rest of, of it sounds really cool. It's one of the best twin stick shooters that uh, that I've seen. Like, things like um, Enter the Gungeon is another twin sticker. Um, or uh, Enter the Gungeon, though, is... It's it's extremely hard. It's like a bullet five, hell. It's yeah. like five times harder than this. Yeah, it this is this allows you to have different elevations. So you crouch and you can shoot low or you can uh or or you can get behind cover and you shoot high and that would be at like neck to head level. Uh but some enemies are short like the little uh mutants that you uh, that you fight in the great stink are not tall enough, so if you aim high or aim down the sights, you're not going to hit them because you're on a completely different elevation than the enemy. It, it does that to provide you with cover, so you can get behind something and everybody's shooting it, and of course they're hitting it. And even standing up, you still have to aim high to shoot over the top. Right. But it'll only hit the tall enemies. Um, or you could crouch down behind that cover and be completely hidden and then shoot high, but then you got things swarming you, so you can't stay there for long. I mean, this is still like an isometric view, right? Yeah, yes. well, it is it's it is an isometric view, but it's... Um, it does change, though. Yeah, it's... Um, like, it nearly goes side-scroller, and then... I don't know what the view's called for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, their arcade, but basically that view, where you can go... I top that, to bottom, but well, still side scroller. It's oh, all scripted yeah, areas, yeah. so uh, the, it's all uh, it's all scripted to an area, though. So if you go around a corner, the kind of uh, the camera will kind of sp- uh, spin around in certain spots, or if it wants to show off something that's in the background, and they do a really good job of showing off 
like the mega city in the background. Yeah, in some and there's spots. all sorts of shit animated in the background, like workers with their welding and all this other shit, like flowing sparks in the background, and like the actual graphics fidelity of this is pretty fucking ridiculous. So, oh, <laughs> but it is like like you don't have, um, like you're shooting like that's the gameplay, right? Right. You're not correct. gonna find a sneak path or something like that. Right. There you... is no subtlety to this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's dog tail. Walk. It gets to the point where it is kind of bullet hell, and you got to find cover, etc. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think this would be a good point for a break. Am I right? I I don't yep. know. Lola says it's fine. It's perfectly time. All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back. say it this time he wasn't he wasn't paying attention that, that cued me in um got john to play a little bit of oculus 2 to just demo it and uh, what were your thoughts with uh i mean i did give you like the best game to demo yeah i yeah <laughs> I gave him half, half life note. alex yes i threw shit at uh anyone i saw which <laughs> was just friendlies but was, fuck them was was a fucking bird <laughs> the goddamn bird the best part was him picking up the terracotta pot and going fucking bird <laughs> And it never left his hand. Yeah, he forgot to let go. He's like, fuck you, bird. Uh, the controls take a little, little get used to. Like, I think they'll be intuitive. Um, I just have never interacted with one of those controllers before. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, you here, here's some strange controllers and a headset you can strap to your head. Go. And then all the people who's ever played with, a, uh, with it is just sitting there watching you flail around and just chuckling to themselves silently as you're doing this. You almost punched the wall at one point, and you were about two inches away from the television screen. <laughs> you guys are supposed to stop me from destroying Justin's things. Well, I, I realized that I drew the barrier way too close to the TV, and I usually stand pretty far back before I start moving forward. Right. It's, it was just it was just funny because you had at one point stretched all the way across the living room. It was crazy. I love it. Just watching people play Just, VR is actually entertaining. Justin said it best. It's like watching a drunk toddler. <laughs> yeah. I I mean we would have stopped you before you made any real damage. But you never actually hit anything solid, which was good. Yeah, I was watching pretty close a couple times. It's like I'm going to say something. I was like, he's having fun. Yeah. I've definitely hit some shit in my living room with my PSVR. Which I mean, you are right. Like the PSVR is, is foggy in comparison to that Oculus. Like, uh, did you see any screen door? Screen door? Yeah. Like, pixelization. If he doesn't, or... if he doesn't know what a screen door is, he it probably wasn't. didn't see it. Uh, I have the so you can super sample with that, so you can crank the resolution even higher. So, native on there, it's like 2048 by 19 something. Something like that. And I've got it set Some to double numbers. that. Um, again, I'll, I'll flex, flex my digital dick a little bit, but I've got the hardware to do it. But even at the regular native resolution, it almost has no screen door. I think you need a, I think you need something more than a dick to, to get higher resolution, Justin. The, he... In that case, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't even need circumcised. Uh, <laughs> Jesus it's raw and wiggling raw uncut superpowers you know the 
but the ocul it's not a real expensive piece of hardware it's kind of what i'm getting at too and so the thing about half-life alex is it will run on a lot of different cards so i've got on like the super super high settings mostly because i can but i'll be honest with you i can't tell a lot of difference between ultra and high and medium um the shadows change a little bit um the density of shadows change a little bit i don't know what else changes to be honest with you I mean, so normally I, I can play about 20 minutes of VR and I start getting like a little motion sick and I have to stop for a bit. And if I stay in too long, then I will be sick for a few hours. And like, I didn't like the first movement in Half-Life Alex. like I felt a little dizziness and then it went away. So like, well, I've got the refresh rate on it right now set at 90 hertz, which is 90 frames a second, basically. So it's set high enough that it's past you detecting that little bit of blur. <laughs> Or you being able to detect the different frames, and so it feels a little bit more natural. There's also a, uh, the speed of the tracking with the inside-out tracking. Uh, if you turn your head and the visuals don't necessarily exactly match the turn of your head, you start to get motion sickness because, you know, you turn your head, but the screen's like a millisecond behind, and that will cause the motion sickness because you're, you know, you're not in sync. That's fast enough that it's not, you don't have that problem. And that refresh rate is fast enough so that it still tricks your mind into thinking, yeah, gotcha. it's, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, um, it, it refreshes hella fast. And then the inside out tracking doesn't break very often. So when it does, right, it is a little bit disorienting, but it doesn't. I mean. And, I mean, Rusty was playing digital drums and Ragnarok <coughs> that were pretty fast with very little issue. Right. It was able to, you know, to keep tracking, which is a very big, it's a very big thing with, uh, uh, with VR is just being able to not have the, the immersion break of a bad track. Like if you move your hand, you want your hand to be in where you think it's going to be in the game. If it, if it all of a sudden flashes off to the left, you, uh, oh, that reminds me now I know why I was having such a hard time with the mouse cursor because you tilt your wrist. Mm -hmm. And I was physically moving the hand up and yeah. down for the cursor. Anyways, that has no bearing to anybody that besides so, us. Right, but it's... So real quick, you guys have played Super Hot VR, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. He has. I have not. Super Hot's great. I love that game. Do you like... You have Thumper? Uh, I do have Thumper. Thumper's fucking awesome, too. I've got... I found it, it was on the summer sale for four ninety nine, so I went ahead and picked it up. It's really fucking hard. Like, I don't... I can't remember what level I left That's, off. That's... It's a good VR game for somebody for motion sickness. Not it moves fast, but you sit down and play it with a controller, yeah. right? And so it, your center, your little bug dude, like stays in the center of your view the whole time. Then it's got some great music. Yeah, like previously, like so my PSVR stuff, I played a lot of demos, but the ones that always stuck out to me were really the main Sony ones, like uh, Astro Astrobot Rescue Mission. I thought was fucking fantastic. That one's good. I um, have that. You know, 3D plan platformer uh moss i thought was real good too yep um that's the little mouse guy yeah yeah yep. yeah you like play, I, you play him through a bunch of little dioramas right yeah i i feel like they were going this i feel like astrobot did what moss was doing like mechanically better but moss still had a lot of charm to it and the puzzles were probably a little bit harder um, i the thing the biggest thing with so the quest oculus quest 2 you can buy oculus games which are all fucking overpriced um, or you can just get Steam VR games and they're on sale, which is what I've been doing. So you don't have an issue. Well, of course you don't. I just used it, I guess, with Steam mm -hmm. VR. Um, yeah, it 
Do you have a... to log into Facebook to use it with Steam VR? Okay, so it stays logged into Facebook every time you're in there. Yep. Okay. So, but it, I've got it set to not post anything or set any activity to my feed anytime I'm messing with it. Um, it does show who on Facebook has Oculus that I could be friends with that's on my friends list. Mm-hmm. Um, it but, tries. But it tries I, the integration. But I always set myself to Invisible A, and I don't have any Oculus friends B. I mean, I guess they're a meta company now, so... But <sighs> the... Uh, honestly, I know that for some people, like, that's probably a pretty big deal. I'm not... I don't care if Facebook sees what video games I play. And I'm not playing... So if you're wondering if like Hentai Adventure seventy seven <laughs> while you're playing VR is going to post to Facebook, no, it, it, you probably could set it in some way to post to that because there are a lot of weird porn VR games out there. But in hmm. general, um, hmm. the only thing looked into this may have to buy this sooner than no. I didn't know anything about this. I am totally fucking innocent. So there, there is so much mutt trash on Steam. I'm, yeah, there really is. But the, not sure what that was. The thing about it, though, is it doesn't post. The only thing you really notice with Facebook is it comes up with, like, because now it knows that I have a Steam account, and I guess it's tracking what Steam VR games I'm playing. I do get Steam VR game suggestions in my Facebook newsfeed, mm. which, okay. I mean, whatever. Smart advertising. That's not that big I a deal. I guess that would be better advertising than I'm getting now. Yeah, I get some really random shit from Wish and whatever. But. Um. Yeah. The uh. That's the extent of it. I. You could obviously never see me post anything about my Oculus on Facebook ever. I mean, you barely post on Facebook. I just post memes occasionally. Um, I mean, that's what Facebook's for is memes, right? I would think so. Yeah, because I mean, if you add anything, if you add personal crap to Facebook, you're just asking for trouble. So it's a place for memes. That's, I mean, that's that's a whole discussion on its own about no, I mean, how personally you should get. Well, it's a combo like news site and journal. What are you talking about, Rusty? Uh, I don't know. Face, oh. Facebook to me is literally just we're not, memes. We're not going to go. I'm and sorry. The, and the, I'm sorry. Wrong chat. turn. Wrong turn. We're not going to go. Let's turn around. We're not going to go there. The headset was great. Yeah, <laughs> and it's only it's only three hundred bucks. Like you could probably get a third party for two fifty, which I almost did, and I was like. For fifty more dollars, I can have a version with a warranty. So, because I wasn't sure about it, you know, and I could I could return it if it didn't work. Um, things I would say is don't buy the official cable. There's go literally just go on YouTube and look up what cable or go on Google what cable USB C cable I should get with Oculus Quest Two, and you will find several powered cables on Amazon that are around twenty to thirty dollars. That what that cable is probably about fifteen feet long, something. I think yeah. it's a fifteen footer. Yeah, which is very more, room scale, more than enough. I you would can say. you can play it with AirLink. You need a very powerful router, um, and it'll only get up to about two hundred megabits per sec or megabytes per second transfer rate with the Link cable. It's megabits, I think. I think it's it megabits. might be megabits. megabits. So with the Link cable, you can get up to five hundred. Sorry. Kind of a geek over here. <laughs> I'm just now. I'm thinking about. It's not even worth thinking about because now I'm just trying to say if I'm wired right or is not. always faster than wireless. Wired, exactly. Wired is about two and a half times faster. It does some magic with it where it auto sets resolution. It doesn't change your refresh rate so that you never get the sense of motion sickness with the AirLink, but it auto sets your resolution 
to whatever's working best at that refresh rate. I mean, I assume you have to either have a power cable or something connected to it, right? Or else it's got an internal battery. How long does it last? Um, without, I haven't plugged it in. Two to three hours worth of gameplay. I would actually say it's much longer than that. So if you're using the link cable, does that keep it powered? Yep, it does no. supply power. It, I, to me, that's the entire argument there. Like, yeah, it does slowly deplete the charge, but I think it would take much longer than you would have the stamina to play for. Yeah. So I'm at 49% right now, and I've played it for about 10 or 12 hours. Yeah, right now my my uh, my 40-year-old gaming sessions are, like, without VR, like, maybe two hours. <laughs> yeah, my, my sessions are usually between two and four hours most of the time before i got something i got to do. 12 to 16 hours, depending on if I have to move. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the... I, but I'm I, I am an anomaly. Yeah, um, but that's, there's not much I can do at night. <laughs> so, like, honestly, if you want, if I wanted to be a little bit more responsible, I could just plug that in and charge it all the way back up in about an hour um, to the wall, maybe even less. It might even take like 30 minutes. Yeah, but it's trickle charging, and I've heard a lot of things about lithium-ion batteries about keeping them full all the time. So I'm actually waiting till I'm about at 30 or 20 percent before I charge it again. And I haven't charged it in about two months, trickle charging it while running it off Steam. Yeah, anytime I get a new device with a lithium battery, I always run it until it dies, honestly. The, the point is, is I've only recharged it once, and I've had it now since, what, April? It's been a right? while, yeah. yeah. Running it off just USB-C. Right. I mean, like I said, USB-C is going to take, or it's going to it's, supply most of the power that you're going to need. Yeah, it so. slowly depletes the battery while you're doing it. But anyway, that's a weird, it's a valid question. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I've been running into, and I just never run out of power. Does the headset come with the two controllers? Yep. Yes. Um, and then some free apps that you can try out to get you used to it. So initially when you run it, you run it in, like, standalone mode, and you download an app on your phone to get it set up, um, which seems kind of weird because that's actually how it's meant to run before they started doing all this other stuff was it was you'd run the app on your phone, buy your games. It would download to the headset via your Wi-Fi, and all the games run internally off a 64 uh, gigabyte card that's in the headset. So it runs all the games internally from Oculus store. And then they started doing this experimental stuff with, why don't we just connect it to a PC? And then what could happen with that? And so then they created this link cable and then they created the air link. And then when that happened and people realized they could use it for Steam in the last year, it just fucking exploded. Right. Because, again, Index is $1,000. Quest 2 is, after tax and after that cable, about $335. And the standard Oculus is even more expensive. It's about it's somewhere between uh, the Quest 2 the, and the, uh, the... The Rift S is between 500 and $600, if you that. can even get one. And then a Windows Mixed Reality headset, which is nearly obsolete at this point, runs you four or $500 with the same resolution. Yeah. It's, it's the only thing that this lacks is the IPD, so the difference, the distance between your pupils. It's got a very, very poor implementation of that. It's only got about, it's like between 62 and 70 millimeters, I think. So like eight millimeters difference. And most people fall in that spot. 
but it moves in like two millimeter increments. So you have to like put it halfway to get it exactly right. And you have to know what your IPD is, which you can find online. I've got my prescription, so I know where mine's at. Or you could just put the headset on and adjust it so yeah. that you can. Until it gets about right. You can get it right. Basically, you're just trying to prevent like this weird, you know, fish, lens, fish lens or double vision. Yeah, it just keeps you from kind of going a little bit cross-eyed or having eye strain. So you got to set, and like the Index has an extremely precise version of that. The problem with the Index is, A, the headset is very heavy, and B, a lot of people are <laughs> flipping that headset off playing stuff like Beat Saber and Ragnarok and stuff like that because of the weight. You have to get. You can get a an aftermarket head cradle that you can uh, you can put on the index, um, but I mean it's aftermarket. It's not the same. Well, the thing about Oculus Quest Two is there's so many different aftermarket products at this point because it is a very popular headset um, that it's very easy to get it in a spot where you really like it. I've got a couple of aftermarket parts. Yeah, um, that weird cradle thing that's on the head strap. The head strap's kind of trash, and then I'm probably going to get another one of the face masks, which is also very moddable. And then you saw the thing I had in there for my glasses. It's a little spacer. Literally cost me five dollars. It that, just goes around the lens. That that's probably one of, one a big se- selling point for it as well is that you don't have to go out and buy a separate spacer for glasses. It well, comes with one. It does come with one, but I pulled the spacer out and then put the lens spacer on there so I could actually get my glasses closer to the lenses, and then it does fit over your glasses fairly well. Yeah. So, like, just... You were wearing your glasses. I'm used to taking my I'm with, glasses These glasses off. are not small, and they fit in there, and right. they don't... They fit in there pretty comfortably. Yeah. I, I'm used to taking my glasses off because my Oculus doesn't have that spacer. So, if I put, if I put my Oculus on, which is about... I don't know. It, it's heavier than the, uh, the Quest, but my glasses will rub up against the lenses inside there, and that's not good. So, I, I have gotten used to taking it off, and... I I can see it's my way of not seeing the screen door because my visual fidelity is, well, already blurry at that point. So I've got anti-aliasing built into my eyeballs. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have – I've got the worst eyes hands down, and that's not a brag. No. It, they, my eyes suck, so I have no option other than having a headset I can wear glasses with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a – that's one of the things I struggle with on PSVR is getting visual clarity with my glasses. Yeah. Well, and just the resolution is much, much higher on that than PSVR can do. Right, right. I'm just saying, like, anytime I adjust that, like, I'm always clacking the screens against my glasses and trying oh. to find a comfortable place for it. Yeah, it's got a very narrow view on the PSVR. Again, some of the, they get around some of that with the art style. Like, I had Job Simulator is a game I played a lot of. <laughs> on there and Thumper and uh, Super Hot, which kind of have low poly count, and yeah. so because of that, they have deceptively sharper looking graphics that that just work. But um, yeah, at some point when you get the cash, if you really want to play VR, Quest Two is where it's at. Have they uh, added VR to Fallout Four yet? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got Fallout Four VR in there. Any good? Yeah, I'm going to add some more mods to it though. Well, of course. Because you can't play do, that game without mods right now. It does take a very beefy card to run at a good resolution. Okay. Because VR renders twice and at a higher refresh rate. So if you did weren't able to already run Fallout 4 in 4K at um, 180 hertz, that's what you're trying to achieve. Got it. 
because it's double, right? Because it's 90 hertz per eye, essentially close to 4K is what I'm running it in. I mean, we are talking about a game that's like three years, three or four yeah. years old at this point. Uh, it still runs pretty. <laughs> it still runs kind of clunky, even on a modern system. How, which uh, 3060 do you have as far as RAM? Oh Jesus! Uh, I think here. it's got a six gig, six gigs of DDR6. Should be fine. That sounds right. Yeah, it should. Fine. It should run Fallout Four. Should be fine. There were people running it on 2060s. It'll be fine. Yeah, I we're we're talking about something hypothetical. Like I'm not gonna have the money Shit, for something play, like this for a month or two. Like I played Fallout yeah. Four on my 1080 Ti, so it'll be. Well, fine. I was just thinking his 3060 is almost the same as my 2080. So as far as spec, they're spec for spec be. a 3060 and a and a. 2080 are very close. I think the Ooh, TI version's man. got less RAM speed. I think that's what the, a 30... Uh, the 30 series has faster RAM, right? And more CUDAs. Yep. More CUDAs. More CUDAs. Let's say I know it's DDR6. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. got very fast RAM. It, it's either got 6 or 8, eight gigs. It, you'll be fine. Um, I'm, you I'm should be. That. You should be fine, because I'm running Fallout 4... 4K. The, the thing about... Fall- frames a second so the thing about fallout 4 you gotta also realize is do you want to be standing the whole time or do you want to be sitting if that makes any sense yes you and your marquee app i like this damn route i don't know the, why the, the i talked about it a couple shows back but when you sit down it is a little bit disorienting to play that game because i play it in full motion mode where you you know you drive your person and it feels like you're sitting, but you're standing at the same time. So imagine the posture you're in right now, but feeling like the ceiling is about a foot above your head. And then you, uh, it just feels different. And then you got these little bitty baby hands that are your controllers, right? But that's your hands and your hands look tiny because you're the scale with somebody standing up. And so it looks like your hands really like very T-Rex. Um, okay, so, so I have a RTX 3060 12 gigabyte uh, GDDR6 VR ready. You'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Oh yeah, you'll run it. Grab my strong hand. Oh god, I think I, th- I think he's finally gone off the fucking deep end. <laughs> yeah, the uh... there's a guy that actually in town that's working on opening a VR uh, cafe near Canes. Yeah, that's interesting. He's uh, he's also looking to kind of develop his own VR games, but he's importing like these. I, I wasn't really clear what they are, but he's importing them from Sweden. There's some sort of pad that you stand on that allows you some sort of 360 degrees of walking around. I've seen that place. thing where you it's kind of like it's a, a 360 treadmill. Yeah, yeah, yes. Like it sounds fucking epic listening to him. Like in if you if you live in Tulsa and are interested in. <coughs> In game development, this is a quick plug. Uh, 36 Degrees North, which is uh, down the street from Canes. It's on Main, uh, just past Brady, uh, you know, about a block away from Guthrie Green. The third Thursday of every month, there's a game dev meetup, and it's led by a guy named Daniel Jackson, who's our Unreal rep for the area. And occasionally, Richard Mitchell used to be more involved. I assume he'll be involved again. Richard Mitchell used to write for Joystick uh, way back in the day. Um, and the whole thing's sponsored by Techlahoma, but a bunch of local devs basically show up, and you get to see a bunch of indie games. If you want to learn about making games, 
then it's an excellent place to start and meet people. Um, but this guy came there and kind of pitched what he was doing, and he sounded fairly intelligent. So I, I assume as long as he's got the cash backing him, we're going to see this cool VR cafe here in a year or so. Well, hopefully, ho- hopefully after all of the all of the bug shit goes away. Um, but because I can ima- only imagine that VR uh, a oh, VR cafe cafe with you know headsets and you know great populations and a pandemic going on. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You'd have to. Well, I mean, they make these face pads that are that you can replace with after every session. Yeah, there's there's ways to get around it. Still, it's I have had. I have not actually gone to a VR cafe, but I've heard the horror stories of doing, you know, like the early VR cafes. Some of them were not like not calibrated properly, things like that. But there's just a th- the whole thing. You're putting the same mask. You know, you would have to basically have the removable masks on the, you know, on the headsets, which they do have. Yeah, and that's and that is a a good possibility. But it need you know, especially right now with the pandemic, they would have to make sure that those things are cleaned every single time. That's and wipe moves. it down with alcohol yeah. on the pad. Every yeah. Single well, I know time. that's why he didn't open up. Like he originally planned to open up last year. Oh, of course. And, and then, then this fucking shit happens. Yeah, and then did, like <laughs> he's he has likely thought of your concerns. And now whether he has a solution that is up to your comfort zone, I don't know. But uh, I wish well, I remember the guy's name. The uh, the the contact pads like for uh, for my Oculus I have a removable uh, face pad or it's a little plastic bracket that has the face pad on it uh, and that's that one removable has it too yeah so if it's something where you can put like a temporary and just give those thought, face uh, those face plates around I was gonna buy some of those for people to try VR but it ends up being the same people and we never play it long enough to get super sweaty. Right. Um, if we were getting super sweaty with it, we were playing it all afternoon. I would be. I'd get a pack of those from Amazon. Yeah, because I don't want my pad to be gross with your sweat. Well, if you have an an Oculus or if if you have any VR headsets, it's it's recommended to get the uh, you know the aftermarket face pads for them anyway, because the ones that they come with aren't necessarily the greatest. The foam is not the greatest, and it just soaks up all that sweat, especially after you play Beat Saber for an hour. Uh, yeah, you can get these neoprene ones that um, basically, well, I mean, it just drips sweat at that point. Yeah. But it doesn't soak it up. Right. So you can wipe it down. I have 180-some hours into Beat Saber, so I, I, I've I've sweat into my headset a little bit. <laughs> I was telling him earlier, I was listening to an interview with John Carmack, and him and his son get those weights you can attach to your arms and play Beat Saber for their workout. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like pull your elbows out of socket or it, something. It, I think about it, but after playing an hour of Beat Saber at the expert level, I can only uh, I can't move my arms afterwards for about a day and a half. So if I can get to that point, and I've played a lot of fucking Beat Saber, if that still hurts, I can only imagine what it's like to have extra weight on your wrists when you do that. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Rip my elbow out of socket. I was gonna say, I was having a hard time finding some actual news. I saw it's funny we were talking about it, and I found a PC gamer story about the lack of DLSS and the ascent. Right, for Game Pass. 
but I haven't found a lot of anything. Jason, have you found anything so far? So I got a couple of stories that are Sony related. Uh, first, uh, not the most cheeriest of news, but Horizon 2 Forbidden West has been delayed until next year officially. That's a um, PS5 exclusive, right? Yep. And yeah. it was originally slated for the holiday season this year, so... I feel like I always um, knew that was going to get pushed back. Like, and especially once, like, it became clear console, like, distribution lines were, like, going down. It's like, do they really yeah. want to launch this franchise? Well, they're also committed to, uh, to making sure that it goes without a hitch. Right. For lack of a better term. So the, there's, there's a lot of pushback in, you know, in the, uh, the gamers side of things for games that come out that require one, day one patches and are buggy and, and stuff like that. And it's one of the reasons why we were kind of disappointed with the performance of, uh, the ascent is, you know, that it came back, uh, came out with what I would consider game breaking bugs, uh, you know, specifically for, for the co-op version of it. Yeah. And that, again, that game felt like it was built for co-op. And right. We can't, progress right so it, it's kind of a disappointing situation and i told i told justin at that moment i said i don't want this to be what my first impressions going you know what's going to color my first impression of this game because outside of the co-op issues the game looked great it's just the game that, plays great in single player but it really lends itself to having two or three or four people playing together right and there's more and more companies actually pushing their projects off to make sure that that shit doesn't happen or is at least much less prominent on their releases. Well, I mean, if anything, colored Cyberpunk at this point is going to be buggy on release, right? Uh, right. Well, <laughs> even if I want to like it. Right. Well, I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 was actually, you know, it was. I think the straw that broke the camel's back on the, you know, on the uh, uh, tolerance for that kind of thing. Uh, that happened, and then it became a big, big thing. It was covered by national news, in fact, that that was so buggy. Yeah, I mean, combination of expectations set too high and then releasing it on consoles that really shouldn't have been released to. Right. And those, so if they're... It just actually started being sold on the Sony store, like, what, about a month ago? Yeah, they they relisted it, but it still comes with the warning that it might not work so great on uh, on your PS4. It was still the most purchased game in June for the PS4. Well. Well, I mean... So, there you go. Um, it sounds like people wanted it and then got pissed that it wasn't ready. I mean... It what was it a fairly highly anticipated game. It's a pretty good game. I mean, I, I we put it in our top. It. Did we put it at number two last year? Yeah, I played through it. It was, it was yeah. You know, it I almost made. It. I liked it. It almost made number one if yeah. not for the technical issues. Yeah, and not for how good Deep Rock Galactic is. Yeah, yeah. Dwarves, um, dwarves are always good. And then the <laughs> other big uh, piece of Sony news is uh, this week. In fact. Sony released the PS5 system software beta, uh, which included a bunch of UX enhancements, but uh, the biggest addition is that they 
released the official MVME M.2 SSD expansion support. That's actually pretty um, big, and that shouldn't be hard to install. Nope, and it is Gem 4 compatible, so you can use drives with did, read speeds of up to 5,500. And so, is that did you put an NVMe on the new on the new rig? Oh yeah, my new uh, so my new computer has four hard drives in it. The Windows drive is a terabyte NVMe. Yeah, have you been playing games off the NVMe? I haven't played anything yet because I've just been fucking installing and downloading uh, bullshit for the last day and I probably won't be done like so just I guess for the audience like if you buy a bunch of sound apps and have bought like say native instruments sound apps for a decade straight and say have 200 plus of them where half of them are 20 to 30 gigs a piece um, takes a little bit of time to download them. <laughs> Just a little. So you're uh, you're about to hit your uh, max limit on download for the for the month, aren't you? Oh yes. I uh, so my month resets uh, <laughs> on the first. So I am just crossing my fingers. I think I'm going to go over and they're going to charge me ten bucks. That beats me paying them fifty for an unlimited internet. Right. And then my data will reset. So I'm. We can. Say, I don't. I hope we never get sponsored. Cox is fucking evil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, I wish I had any other option besides Windstream. <laughs> Once you get an NVMe, you will immediately notice a difference on load time, on texture load times. On to me, it was the biggest, the biggest game changer besides a new graphics card. Yeah, I really wanted to do two NVMe drives, but I was already over budget because I was focusing on cores and RAM and RAM speed. So yeah. now. Uh, one thing that will be an important note for anybody that does look to do this expansion, you will want to make sure that you do have heat sinks for your MVME drives uh, because there's no, there's no you know, cooling for native it. cooling for it. But you don't want really thick NVMe heat sinks either. There's no. there's a uh, there's a big trade off. Like there's one. Um, there's one NVMe drive that you can get. I think it's a. Oh shit! Is it? Does it allow for aftermarket heat sinks? The yes, Gen Four stuff. So I have, I will say from experience, I got a heat sink for my NVMe, and it barely fits in the spot. Right. Like I've got two millimeters of clearance between that and my graphics card. Because the heat sink's so fucking big. I got the heat sink thinking, oh, this is really highly rated. It drops like core temperature by 40 Celsius. It was a really good heat sink. It's really fucking thick. <laughs> it, like, just barely fits in the PC. So, on the, like, the PS5 natively, you, you get a whatever hard drive it has in it for 860 gigs free for your use. Like, looking at MVE prices, like, are you going to be able to find something for a couple hundred bucks that's greater than that size? Absolutely. I got my NVMe. Let's see. The first one was like a hundred bucks. The second one I got was about a hundred bucks. How big are they? Well, one terabyte. Okay. That's not a big enough, like. What? My, expanding it by a whole terabyte is not big enough? No, yeah. my 860 gigs. Like, it's just below a terabyte, is what I'm saying. Right, right. Like, I'm not... The PS5 doesn't have two... So it's not an expansion, you're just swapping the drive, is what you're saying. I believe so, yeah. Right? No, it's an expansion. It's an expansion. Yeah, because it's kind of... There, there is an expansion slot. It doesn't have an, M, uh, an M.2 uh, drive in it currently, but it does have the slot for it. 
So now they're enabling the slot. Oh, okay. So you will be able to increase the total amount of uh, of storage on your uh, PlayStation by whatever you put in there. And if it's an, an NVMe, it has support for NVMe. I see what you're saying. Yeah, if you added it, traded 860 gigs for a terabyte, that wouldn't be a very big deal. It would be a big deal for me because the new terabyte would be NVMe. Yeah, so hang on. Right, Let that's me true. But do this. Here, John. <laughs> I, I didn't I thought you, the internal drive was an NVMe. No. You remove one of your side panels. Okay. And the slot's right there next to the external fan. Okay. I mean that's not bad. That's that's not a bad way of going about it, sure. I mean, if you're kind of techie, you would be able to do it. It's not as Elegant is a solution uh, of a solution as say Xbox is an implementation of the slot on the back of the uh, of yeah. the box, where you well, could just input put in a card. That's a good point. So the the Series X slot also also allows the drive to be cooled by the internal cooling components of the Xbox versus Sony's that's on the outside. The trade off is is that it's a proprietary slot. Yeah. So you have to buy your uh, your hard drive through. Could you not just get an enclosure? It, I'm sure that there's I'm somebody sure. out there that will do an aftermarket enclosure for it, mm-hmm. um, and you can put your own M.2 in there. It, I have. I, I guess I should it. just say what that is. If you don't PC build, you can basically an enclosure is just a box that you can put a hard drive in. So typically, what you use an enclosure for is like, say, you got a laptop, you get an SSD. You can't put the SSD in it. What you do is you put it in a box and plug it in via USB. Um, yeah, this is this would be a little bit different. Or plug in your 30 series card into an enclosure and then run it through FireWire into your laptop. Oh my god, FireWire! <laughs> FireWire! Oh my god, uh, FireWire is still fast. Um, but not not as not as fast as not uh, as fast as the RAM on the 30 series or or the USB uh, USB three. Well, this article is claiming <laughs> it takes two minutes to install the MVNE card on PS5. That's it, not bad. I mean, it's. I mean, you pop off the side, well, put I mean, that you, in there, did screw you it put, down. Did you put the NVMe in your PC? No, I bought a pre-built because you can't find a fucking graphics card without so, living on a website. For all an, NV, an NVMe plugs in kind of like the wrong side of a sticker ram. Right. So I, I had put together my ex-wife's uh, PC, and we used an NVMe there, and that okay. was my first experience with it, which was surprisingly I, easy. It was, but I'm also glad I didn't break anything. Because <laughs> it feels like you're putting, you're breaking it because you put it in at an angle and then, like, yeah. s- screw it down. Yeah. Well, it took me forever, like, I couldn't figure out what the fuck we did with the screw. Because the screw was not in the motherboard. And it was in a tiny little plastic bag that oh, we yeah. almost threw away. Like, we were almost screwed there for a moment. <laughs> yeah, because the screw's, like, smaller than your... It's, it's, it's super, tiny. Super tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It's super tiny. It has like three Phillip. threads on it. That was my first experience with it. And she was already already paranoid that I was going to fuck something up. Forget that I put together every PC that I've used for the last 20 years, except for the one I just ordered. But anyway. But yeah, the NVMe is not that bad. Nah, you can... It seems like a really good uh, good upgrade, and as soon as you put that in there, add the storage, and I'm sure that will be a new target for the uh, PS5, so you can install games on that and run it directly off of the NVMe, which would mean that it would be much faster, uh, you know, fa- you know, faster storage, and faster storage on that appeals to me. 
Now, if I could just get my hands on a PS5, it would be perfectly fine, but there is not a PS5 that I can get my hands on. Yeah, if I could just get a hold of a PS5 and Demon Souls, that would be a, a yeah. happy moment. I just want to play Ratchet and Clank, Returnal, and some of the PS4 oh, I play, games. I want to play Returnal as well. Yeah, because Returnal, is, uh, it looks good. Like, it, it does. Looks, I look... I look forward to playing something other than Mass Effect on my PS5. <laughs> you should have played Mass Effect on your fucking PC. I, and it came with that Ratchet and Clank game you want to play too. Um, and I, it's still on the rack. <laughs> you might as well just play Salt and Sanctuary at it while you're playing old games. On I mean, yeah. PS5. I mean, you guys are going to love me. Like, I was thinking about like going back and playing the old Space Quest games on my new computer. <laughs> I, I know I'm the worst. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I, I hate GameStop, but like that's how I got mine. Is they said be a GameStop power up rewards. I'm like, well, fuck it. Fifteen bucks. This thing's supposed to be in storage till next year. Let's roll the dice. I'll be kind of pissed if I don't get one. And I bought it, and it denied me like the first time, and then I refreshed and it let me in. You got and ultra got lucky, dude. You got ultra lucky. I'm. It, it was literally forty five minutes. After GameStop said them after that I got it. Yeah. You got lucky. Yeah. PS5s are in such high demand. Last Christmas, people are getting mugged. Yeah. Um, those people getting mugged. In, one in of my co-workers lots. has two. Jesus. I'm leaving. <laughs> then again, this is what but other people are saying. college. Who, this is what other people are yeah. saying about us and our 30, uh, 3000 30. series cards. Yeah. yeah. So I, I understand. I was talking to Ren today and he's like, you got to. How did you guys get a 30? I was like, well, I realize you don't listen to every single episode, but let me tell you a story of how long we refreshed on you, Ed. Honestly, like, in my mind, I'm always going to get all the consoles, but, like, with everything being such a pain to order online, like, even, like, the Shimigami Tensei Five they announced at the Nintendo Direct immediately sold out. That is not that popular a franchise. The scalpers are fucking brutal right now. Yeah. And it's really pissing me off, and I don't want to deal with it, so therefore I may wait a couple years before I fucking attempt to get an Xbox Series X, especially since they're probably going to release all the same shit on PC. That's well, exactly that's, the that's reason. Me and Rusty's, well, yeah. rationale for getting the graphics cards was just like, we can get PC Game Pass, just about everything is released on Xbox, released on PC. Um, all the first-party stuff is, and all the stuff that's not Xbox, right? is also released on PC. So, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to get an Xbox, but it does make a lot of sense to get a PS5 because of the exclusives that we're not going to get on, on you know, Game Pass. Right. Yeah. Like, well, again, Demon's Souls. Like, I know that's an old game, but I haven't played it since I borrowed your copy a billion years ago. Well, and that new version looks beautiful. Yes. You know. But, like, I, I don't know. Xbox bought all my favorite RPG games, but... All those developers make them for PC. Like that's why Game Pass for PC is great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're chilling for fucking <laughs> Xbox Game Pass, but we—I guess we already—we we always, we we always have. We have for a while. I um, mean, and he's kind of part of the TVGP family, so he's kind of obligated to it, uh, the Game Pass at this yeah. point. I, well, and I'm not a subscriber at the moment. Like I, I will be for this month's Game Club game, and uh, like I want to be a subscriber. I'm just. When you when you have enough life events in one month, you you want to wait a few months before committing yourself to more monthly bills, even if it's five or ten dollars. And also, I've bought a shit ton of bullshit lately. Yeah, 
I say bullshit. I bought a shit ton of really awesome, expensive stuff that I'm Gundams. still reeling from spending that money. <laughs> Did you Was one of these Gundam? a Gundam? Uh, none of them are a Gundam, but one, one of them was a Transformer. Might be an Optimus Prime <laughs> that you can control with your phone and transforms himself, and you can program. Okay, to do that's things. just way too cool. All right, um, <laughs> like he is going to be the most expensive and coolest toy I've ever owned. I'm very excited. It's supposed to be charged for him on Monday, I think. Are you making payments on him? I. He's, I don't even want to say how much he is. He's like $400? He is, he is more than that. I mean, wow, like $600? Oh uh, a little well, higher. He's, he's a robotic. You could have gotten an Oculus. I could have gotten a lot of things. Like, this was something, like, literally, they announced it last year. You could have bought a girlfriend for a week. They last. They announced this last year. <laughs> and I'm like, I Somebody sent... bought a Transformer. I sent a link to my... Well, she was my wife at the time. Um, and I said... Man, I really want to do this, but this would be the stupidest money I ever spent. And she was like, you know what? Just do it. I'm like, do it. You oh, won't. Okay. Do it. You won't. <laughs> I mean, the same thing happened when I was talking to Jess. You know, I've been saving, sucking money back for a wedding. And she's like, well, with this new business, I can basically just pay for the wedding in cash. She's like, what are you saving money for again? I was, uh, like, I was like, I was kind of thinking about getting a VR headset. She's like, just do it. Just do it. I was like, so that money's. Do it. Okay. Do it. I was literally <laughs> mid-sentence to her. I had it, like, sitting in a cart. He's <laughs> like, all I have to do is just click buy now. I was like, yep. I was like, it, it just happened. I'm getting a VR headset. She's like, yeah, get whatever goofy shit you want. Yeah, I, I've blown a lot of money on music stuff, too, lately. And I got probably another thousand dollars i'm going to spend on music stuff over the next six months. So I'll have to balance me getting a VR headset with that. Like, you guys don't have, like, a big co-op game you're peer pressuring me to get this headset for, right? No, and absolutely. I'm not even really peer pressuring I'm just showing it no, up because no, it's cool it's, as shit. It is if really you want to get, If cool. you want to get co-op games... It's another there's, toy. There's it's, what it is. It's yeah. just a toy. Okay. Just making sure. Making sure. No, if you want co-op games, the uh, if anybody gets Vermintide 2 or Dwarves, we'll play Dwarves or Dwarves. Yeah. We'll Dwarf. play Doors or Doors or Dwarf. Aliens on PC. I know Trent really wants to get it on Xbox for some fucking reason. I'm I'm hoping I'm I'm holding out hope that they do some kind of crossplay for it because they already said there in, was going to be no crossplay for it. Not initially. That's the thing. If you look at you know if you look at some of the you know the gaming stories you know over the past week, there's more companies doing crossplay for their games. I'm just going to ignore Trent because I know that he's not going to play a co-op for like four months or he'll play it once. And at the time that he does want to play it, I'll just like, oh, yeah, I'll just buy it on Xbox. Right. But like, I'm initially going to buy it on PC and play it on Steam. I don't have an Xbox. Well, I, I know. I, well, it doesn't matter. Trent's going to play it once. I technically do have an Xbox. It's burned out. It It's a paperweight. A literal paperweight. But I'm not going to play a game, a next-gen game on last gen console because we've already tried that with cyberpunk and it failed yeah. i mean he doesn't he doesn't have a series x though i know but he has a decent he's got like two 2080s in his machine or something like that i think oh, he's, all he's, his pc stuff is top notch but so he doesn't he have be, a 30 series card but he, all, everybody at this table has a better card than trent which is something that trent would trent just eat him alive right now just <laughs> bought a bomb ass laptop that I guarantee you has some epic fucking video card. Well, the highest you can get in a laptop's a thirty fifty. I, I don't you can know. get a thirty eighty in uh, uh, in a laptop. Yeah, I, 
You it's can't. Not, it's not the same 3080. No, it's it, it's not. It's basically like a no, 3050. No, it's not. I mean, the 30, the 3080 mobile is basically got the same stats as a 3060. But you can still play video games on a laptop. It. I've never owned a laptop that could do that. I mean, you you can play. You can play VR. So I actually challenge you, since you, you practice with Trent all the time, just kind of rub it in his face because you know it's going to drive him nuts, and he does that to you all the time anyway. So you might as well just get him back. Does he already know that you got a thirty sixty? So no, I think his new laptop has a thirty eighty. See, told you that's what this uh, this Alienware X oh, seventeen gaming yeah. laptop. So you got a Dell. Oh, dude! <laughs> I I could still trash it anyway. I think it. this is the one he got. Dude! Uh, it's about to ship. He isn't. You got a douche! I guess he technically <laughs> hasn't gotten it yet, but uh, I'm pretty sure. Alienware. So he overspent for his shit. Okay. Understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. Every Everything Alienware has been overpriced trash. <laughs> he bought it. He bought it off Amazon. Um, mm. And he actually, he almost got some other things, and I think I've. Yeah, my... Honestly, I think him talking to me was not helpful because he started out at one price point, and by the end of it, it had almost doubled. Oh, of course, um... <laughs> because that's what epins happen. Uh, that's what epins do. It's just they expand. Trent is rich off of uh, cryptocurrency. He'll be fine. So he's uh... he's buying it from Doge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, that's not for off. Probably not. <laughs> uh, dude is done. I should have taken his advice more seriously when he gave it to me because yeah. I made a few hundred and he made way more than that yeah this guy uh, yeah the guy uh what do you buy like fucking dogecoin he has I, made some really fucking smart investments the dude is doing well for himself dude and he needs to get out of his cave and come up here quit come on to come trent. To the farm. come on <laughs> farmer trent come on uh <laughs> we've had him on the show remotely before uh, so yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while though. I need him on the show so I can trash him on the show. Of course. Steven's been trying to talk us into doing a band podcast and I feel like we're going to get fucking canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm without saying too much. You should not. I, yeah, mm. I, I don't want like the, like we have a hard enough time finding time to even meet up bi-weekly, let alone fucking weekly or monthly for something like that. But. Me, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, where do we go from here? I'm terrible at segueing, so let's go with. I think it's probably about time for the end of the show. Oh, all right, we'll do that. All right, so Jason, where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels YouTube.com slash the real tiltcast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. You can see that Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. We've got Cabbage KBG, which is Trent's thing. Um, we've got For the Love of Gaming. We've got Picking Up Pixels or Pupcast. What's the other show you're on right now, John? Uh, TVGP Game Club. GB, TVGP Game Club. We've got NoQuartersNet.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.TV. They have Game Pass and play video games. So that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> With that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.